Is it some devil that crawls inside of you? I did. I I had like read Hunter Hunter S. Thompson's Hell's Angels book, which was like his big break, his first book, and everything. And he literally hung out with him. And one of the things they had said was, uh, like, new members to initiate him. They like grabbed a new pair, of like Levi five hundred fives, five hundred ones, or something. Yeah. And they used to just dunk them in like essentially a composting toilet, <laughs> <laughs> and just like piss and shit and oil stains on them. And yeah. they had to wear them, like, completely, and just not change them and not. Uh, and you just soak them in piss it's and stuff. Interesting. What things are the initiation things? <laughs> I like, don't know what if that did, actually happened though, because but, who the, you could? There's no way you could. I get like bacterial infections. From, <laughs> Yo, this like, is not good. Yeah, I, I look like I have an STD once a month just from sweating because it's like just like bacteria. You know, like how the fuck could they get away with that and not just be like the scuzziest, grossest? It sounds like a staph infection waiting to happen. Exactly. <laughs> it also and also it um like they pulled pussy man they had the mamas they had you know hell's angels were fucking you know there's old images so there's no way they were all just like covered in shitty pissy pants but i definitely have some dirty jeans that i refuse to wash sometimes and it's great reveling in the motorcycle dream yeah it's like one little like i I love just like plucking little things out of like subcultures and just adding them to my like uh vest of flare essentially well, yeah i mean that's being a person right like we're exposed to different things oh, and we i suppose we incorporate what things resonate with us yeah but like some people can be really homogenous and they're really like dull and i guess you need those people because then your vesta flare wouldn't be that interesting it's a good contrast mm-hmm. but you're right you're right um hi sarah how are Hello. you <laughs> welcome to the bad etiquette podcast thank you so much for having me oh yeah Such absolutely a make sure this thing's going yeah we're good um it is a it is a fucking beautiful day. I'm so happy. One, this is like portable, and two, we get to do this outside. Absolutely, lovely. Um, love the place too. Thank Seriously. you. It's a lot of fun. It is. It looks like a fucking. It, you could have a good party here. I had a pretty bitchin' birthday party kickback. here. Recently. Oh really? Oh. Uh, not recently. Well, in November, we had a um, pretty recent dessert potluck, and dessert? it was all champagne. So I got like a shit ton of champagne, and we I like went to the thrift stores, got a bunch of crazy flutes, all the different glass really? flutes. And oh shit! Had a big uh, champagne dessert potluck party. You seem like a really fun and interesting person, but I have never seen you in Lompoc until uh, last year at the bar. The you bar. were like a new bartender, and I was like, "Where's mm-hmm. where?" Well, I was like, "Where are all my bartenders? Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> Who is this crazy? And, like, it, I, I remember getting carded by like uh, a couple of you guys, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this, this, is, my this is my place." <laughs> I know. I like, and um, yeah, what? Where the fuck have you? Where the hell did you come from? Originally from Sacramento, so okay, grew Sacto. up in Sacktown. Um, was there pretty much my whole life, and then I ended up moving to Lompoc in about 2016. Mm-hmm. So, but I've I've come and gone and moved and yeah. went back to Sacramento. I lived in Santa Maria for a little bit, and then, um, but yeah, I've been in Lompoc since 2016. But kind of was a little bit of a recluse, mm-hmm. uh, just doing my own thing in my own groove. So working at the bar has definitely opened that. opened up so many social doors, and it's been freaking awesome. Really, I love it. You know what? And you were such a social butterfly when there. I 
came in after work the other day. I was just like, I had a miserable day, which is why I go to the bar after work. The only yeah. time is a miserable day. I need a big ass beer. And you were so cool. And you have like a cast of regulars sitting there at the bar and you ask us such interesting questions. And I remember asking you to be on the podcast way before then. And like up until now, I was thinking to myself, what a fucking great person to ask. Like, this is exactly the kind of person people should uh, not, not, you know, be kissing your ass so much, but like, just, you know, got to build you up. You're my well, rock star right you. now. thank so, you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And it, it was like, I, I forget what you ask, but you just ask everyone questions and you entertain mm-hmm. yourself so well and organically and it doesn't come off like fake and cheesy. And, you know, I, I, lo- that's like probably one of my favorite things. One of my, one of my regulars, his name's Steve. He's, he's this fantastic guy from the East coast, you know, old geezer dude. And whenever I bring up, whenever I start asking a question, he's all, here we go again. Like, he's all, Sarah with her questions. What like, movie do what, I have yeah. to see before I die? <laughs> right, right. And it, it's so fun. I mean, it, it's such an interesting way to break people's barriers down, to ask them questions that, um, you know, yeah. just kind of make them think a little bit and I'm just curious. I'm such a curious person. Did where did that come from? Not the curiosity, yeah. but like the approaching people with those questions. How did you learn that? Where did that come from? Because it seems kind of obvious, and until you see someone do it, and you go, "Oh shit, I don't do that. I'm bad at that." That's a like good you make question. it look easy. Is what I'm saying. I think I. That's a good question. I definitely would say it's kind of family culture. My my family, we tend to have really deep, weird conversations about a lot of different things. Um, my grandpa um, was super into asking questions and really wanted to get to know you as a person on an individual level. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that's from him. But I always, ha- I've always, like, even when I was really little, I, like, carried a notebook around and asked everybody their favorite color. And I was, like, documenting everyone's favorite color in this notebook. Like, I, I see why you were a recluse. You sound annoying as hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, so, what's your favorite color? And I'm, like, <laughs> tallying it all down. and Just so, getting profiles on yeah. people. You're like, actually, I knew he was going to be a serial, a serial killer in 09. My I had data com- my compilation has been complete. And <laughs> the assumption, the, the assessment is serial killer. You, you, you ever ask someone enough questions and you go, oh, I wish I didn't start talking to you? Oh, 100%. Oh, absolutely. And it's a little bit crazy because because I'm curious about people but then you get in there and then they're like oh they care about me and I do I care about I mean obviously I care about people gross I care about people but (laughs) you're all gross but then I don't know sometimes I think you have to be a little bit careful with that you don't want everyone you know I don't know if that makes any sense it does um however I think there is a difference in approach because I have the uh um, formidable um, benefit of being a guy. So like yeah. people getting weird with me, it's like, I'm just going to shove you out of my way where if people get weird with you, you're like, Oh no, I just told this Nazi. I like butt stuff. Now we're never going <laughs> to fuck it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just depends on like what? Yeah. No. And I, I think people aren't generally, mm, how do I say this? People don't get asked questions a lot. And so you start talking to somebody and they open up and they they feel intimate with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also part of uh, why I like the podcast is the like late night conversations you have with people where you really get to bond. No. uh, Really has been eroded from society because everything is so digitized and social media is the form of communication that most people participate in. 
And this is very throwback, old school style of long form conversations that you wouldn't have otherwise. And it really formulates an interesting um, bubble that only exists conversation wise when we know we're being recorded. We know we're talking about something. Right. So there's an asterisk to like how we present ourselves. Totally. But there's also a um, championed like intimacy of like communicating where we, we know how to do that. We know how to not suck, I hope. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, it is. It's an interesting thing to be able to converse. And words are such an inadequate way of, it's the best we have until we sprout some avatar tales, but it's the it's the the best way we have of communicating the experience that we're all going through. So yeah. It's and just a trip. How often do people fuck that up completely? A lot. Like the expression on my face, the tone of my voice, and the words that came out. Those are three things that don't always collaborate well. They're not Motorhead. Oh, no. They're not Green Day. It's the trio that doesn't quite rock sometimes. And I fucking put my foot in my mouth. And it's like, damn it. I, I wasn't being like quirky enough when I said that lighthearted thing that could have been taken badly. Oh, and my tone was flat, you know. Perceptions. Yeah. And realizing that, do you, do you find that your face gives you away? Um, or that you... Like when you say that, what do you mean? I, I'm just, I'm more just kind of like referring to saying something and it coming off really shitty mm. when I'm really just kind of making a joke or being lighthearted and, um, or like, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone, you're like, fuck, they're mad at me for something they yeah. thought I meant and I didn't mean. And now I have to convince them with the same set of skills that fucked me up in the first place like they're, they're not trusting you when you no. were trying to pull them out of the judgment zone yeah intimate relationships and communication is definitely a trip but also just like even like social ones um yeah okay questions well um yeah what how did you end up working at the champ that's my local watering holes my favorite place i loved what it's turned into it used to be like I feel like I've gone through different seasons of a good TV show live, uh, going there. Totally. You know, cheers, whatever. Um, and it was hard to be like, oh, they recasted everyone. All the bartenders yep. are different. And now it's like, oh, you, oh, it's like, oh, no, I love the like the the second era or third era, mm -hmm. depending on, you know, when you're coming in type of thing. And um, I'm just really happy you're there because, first of all, what, what better way to have a Sunday, right? Fucking beautiful day. Getting to talk to someone, getting to know them. Oh, so. thank you. Yeah. No, working at the Sham has been super awesome. Um, I started working at the Sham in May of 2021. And I got connected with that kind of through a friend of a friend. I talked to the bot, you know, the manager, the owner, Ben. He's super awesome. And we just vibed really well. And he said that that would be a good, a good spot for me. Um, but I wanted to work there for kind of a long, for like a while. And I used to work for the city. So I used to work um, doing city planning and I so was- So you're to blame, you yes. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could talk about that a lot. There's a lot to say about the city planning stuff, but um, working at the sham, I I had quit my office job and I was working at a winery because I couldn't, I, I hated working at, in the office. Yeah. And so, I was picking up a couple extra shifts at the sham and then there were some staffing changes and things that went down and now I'm pretty much the primary day bartender. That's so cool. Yeah. Cause, uh, it's really awesome to see like a familiar face. Like everyone has their bartender there, like the one that they're like ranking even subconsciously. You know what I mean? That's you. 
<laughs> we've That's got you a and good, you yeah, and Cheyenne are like right crew. there. Yeah. Shy has been doing such an awesome job. It's been really it's such a pleasure. Yeah, honestly. Uh I oh those pictures I sent you too? She's in like two of them. Sorry. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh a little cameo there. <laughs> it's um, perfect. But. Yeah. Big fan of you guys for sure. It's been good. And I love where the bar's going. I feel like we're right at this precipice. We're right at the beginning of a new I, era. I feel like it got a cleaning. Yeah. Like well, a, like a healthy, like a, a cleansing. Not like, oh, I don't know. Cleansing's a weird word. Yeah, that's a weird one. You throw <laughs> ethnic in front of it and then it's a whole other meaning. I, I just think that. Oh, there's a cute puppy over there. Whimpering. Yeah, that's my mom's dog, Shauna. She's a Shana. Spanish greyhound. She want to come in here? Uh, they are a little bit rowdy. Okay. So they'd probably make a ruckus. Yeah. But okay. Well, otherwise, that would be super fun. Well, afterwards, let's make a ruckus. Absolutely. Meet Absolutely. And then my dog Fern's over there too. Fern. Oh yeah, Fern. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I, you know, I think that the bar's becoming a very inclusive space. It's becoming a really positive, open-minded place where people can come and really feel like they can be themselves. And mm-hmm. I just love that. Yeah, and alter- uh, conversely, prior to you being there before the pandemic, it was a very like uh, cl- uh, clicky place, mm. and I really liked that too because I was part of the click. So, <laughs> so <laughs> clicks like, are really yeah. fun when you're part of them. <laughs> yes, they're definitely fun. I remember someone uh, was like, "I don't get you guys and your fucking Lompoc humor. It's so weird." And we just had like a super dry, deadpan, like mm. tormentive way of talking and fucking with people and then that person got in on it and then it was she was like oh i get it yeah this is great yeah this makes sense Mm -hmm. and and it's like the click that's exactly what i think of i think that one thing that i love about the sham is that it is like a little bit of a family and everyone's get gets invited to be part of it like if you're cool you're in yeah and like I, that's one thing just, I've noticed. Just be nice. The, the, the uncool then, people, the like... Just be nice. Sorry. Just don't be a dick. And then you can... Then you're part of the crew. I feel like we've uh, really like shook a lot of the weirdos out of there. I'm sure they slip through the cracks sometimes, but like... <laughs> I lo- and then, such um, a good crew. I am really just so appreciative of PM next there. door, oh. I think, has like kind of balanced it in a good way. Brian is just awesome. Yeah. He's a good guy. Sweetheart. Yeah, we've got good people all around. And I think that's something that I love about Lompoc. Um, coming from a big city and not really having that tight knit that tight knit group or people that you know here, everyone knows everyone. Like, yeah, it, oh, no, I know. It everyone's Eskimo brothers. What was that? Everyone's Eskimo brothers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows everyone. Yeah. And it, it's interesting coming into that space and and I just think it's it's really cool. You you get to experience some really awesome camaraderie and friendships, and yeah, it's just true. good. There's just really good people here. It's true. It's so. I part of me feels like I'm super toxic because like all I want to do is just go hang out at the bar sometimes. <laughs> but it's like it's a really fun place, it's a and good I get spot. to play pool all the time. And my friends are there, and the bartenders are cool. They're my friends. You know what I mean? And it, it's just like, why wouldn't I want to go? And Maybe I'll get drunk, which is always fun. Like, <laughs> there, like also I good. will have a story, or I will, you know, get better about myself and not drink as much next time. Like, there, I don't know. I, I like to- that's totally like yeah. a- addict brain right there, like justifying <laughs> like, it to my head. You're like, yes, this is good. <laughs> which, if anyone's listening and they want to come in and just have orange juice or pineapple coffee. juice, I had coffee. coffee the other day, and then someone we're came so in for this. Someone came I'm in so Friday, and they were they were like. I was like, hey, what are you getting? And she's like, oh, uh, coffee. You inspired me because I saw you post having yes. coffee here. And I was like, 
Oh shit. Well, because Hell yeah. people come to the bar to drink, but they also come to be social and to we're we're social creatures. We're we're meant to be around. That is that other is a people. huge part of it. It's like that's like where I can get like the most amount of socializing. I asked seven different people about podcasts, like doing the podcast yeah. this year. And it was like in one day, usually it's like, oh, maybe I'll ask someone once a week or like, and I'll kind of, you know, find someone. But then you're just communicating people like organically right. and you have all these uh, cool, you know. Also, well, I'm, I guarantee like I was drinking and I probably asked people I really don't care <laughs> to talk to, but they're going to, I'm going to have to, you know. It's such a casual environment that you can have like a couple sentences. And if you don't vibe with that person, it's like no big deal. Move on. It's like no pressure. I love when everyone's done with a... Uh, talking they're like oh, i'm gonna get a drink and it's like i know exactly what that means i'm turning <laughs> away because i know i've talked your ear off or i said rape or something and now you're out of now here we're, out. <laughs> we're calling it yeah that, that happened and to me, that scene happened to, me, happened to me three times friday where i was like rape you, you had to mention rape three times no 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 uh i just said gang rape and that was rape three uh, times because three people raping um, oh no i i i <laughs> getting aggressive. I, mean, I, mean, I mean like a, like a rape joke but it was like a it was like Oh, I, I said like, oh yeah, remember those old like Kiss songs or like old songs like Christine Sixteen or whatever. Like, and then my buddy's like, yeah, it was just you know it was just a t- different time back then. And I was like, ah, rape's pretty timeless. I don't know. It's pretty. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then him and his girlfriend were like, ah, we're gonna go get a drink. And I was like, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> that's it's interesting that this that's actually something that I was talking to Cheyenne about yesterday is just making sure that the bar is like a really safe place, and that's something that is so important to me with being there is is talking about this kind of stuff and being like yeah okay like how do we make sure that this is like a really safe place for everyone to be and it's it's just an interesting that's an interesting dynamic right there yeah because as soon as it becomes a place that isn't welcoming and safe and there becomes like an element of abuse or violence there Oh, that just fucks not, everything it fucks up. Everything it fucks up. everything it's up. It's like Saint Elmo's Fire. You ever see that movie? No. Okay. Well, it's I was like homeschooled. A mo- I don't. I haven't seen like like uh, pretty much. That's any- why you're so cool. I realized. Okay, <laughs> I so I realized that I had. I was talking to this lady yesterday. She homeschools her kids, and I was like, Oh yeah, I have a bunch of friends who are homeschooled, and. I used to think they were the weirdest pieces of shit ever. Well, we're definitely I've, weird. I'm in a group but- chat with all of them, and I'm like one of the only ones that wasn't. Uh, homeschooled, and I was like, well, "What the hell's the matter with these people?" And then the pandemic. I know, you're the only one that's in there that wasn't homeschooled. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, "I'm the weird Maybe one." Maybe you're the weird one. No, I'm definitely, definitely the weird one. And then the, the pandemic happened, and I, I really got to see like how um, different versions of like indoctrination essentially mm. happen. Where it's like, "Oh, this is just my family's indoctrination," but that's like society's indoctrination, oh, yeah. so to speak. Where it's like holy shit no wonder my dad or mom would be like what the fuck are they teaching you or what the hell are you know i used to be like oh my god it's just school like just it's clearly the place to be it's where everyone is it's just learning and it clearly wasn't always cool because there's things that would be like curriculum wise or uh you know ethics wise where it's like that's not cool that needs to change it's an interesting thing to have people who it's the formation of our brains and subconscious that's and why, how that's we, why i didn't know you didn't go to school yeah i don't yeah you didn't ha, you no. don't know a thousand people here like no i know basically no one so it's been that's cool so it's been really interesting you're the, pure i found like a <laughs> diamond in, uh, over here it's <laughs> amazing da, 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 da. uh it's just been a trip to get to know people and not having any background on who they are because uh, it's like a it's like a fresh slate it is you yeah. get to know like who who what what someone's current yeah. self is 
yeah, I get to know them by how they conduct themselves. That's so interesting. In this, in, in today, today's age. That's so interesting because like I, I, I have so much history with people in such a short amount of time. Mm. Ah, yeah, see, I knew I liked you. That's why. You're just like, <laughs> you're just it. who you are now. And like, I like who I am now, but like five, seven years ago, it's like, oh, asshole. You but know? that's all of us. Like we all grow and evolve and change. Yeah, and th- I there's think- people that were better like back then that suck now. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it happens reverse sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is non-linear. It'll jump around like a Tarantino movie. It really does. What do you think through pandemic have been some things that are just like these last couple years? I feel like we were all kind of forced to look at ourselves and, and be really contemplative in a lot of ways. Do you think that there were any like gold nuggets that stood out to you? Absolutely. What would you say that that would be? Uh, I feel like I went into the pandemic acting and behaving as this grizzled, grumpy old man. Hmm. And I really, that first like couple months of lockdown or whatever uh, made me really get in touch with like who I am as an individual when people aren't around and I don't have expectations from people and how like youthful and like, you know, little kid brained I was. And I was like, I still have a lot of like, like vitality that I was not giving myself credit for. And I just, uh, I really enjoyed having the like introspection that, I got to have stuck there. I I loved the first, I say this all the time on the podcast. People, regular listeners are like, oh my God, here we go again. I fucking loved the first few like weeks and months of lockdown or yeah. quarantine, pandemic, whatever. It was so nice. It was lovely. I loved being alone, not having any responsibility. I lived with my mom. Like I was collecting unemployment checks for free. Right. Like it was just so nice. It, it just bought shit. Like it was literally like a paid vacation. Well, yeah. I mean, as a society, we don't we don't get time. We don't get downtime that, like that, for the most part. It, yeah, it, yeah. We, we it, live it, in a society it was that truly just so indulgent, and I think that's what I loved about it. Also, I love, <laughs> dude. My favorite, like hands down, my favorite part no traffic was yes oh my god <laughs> yep oh man i was i, I don't even my, my i don't even know where to start right when pandemic hit my tenants moved out of my house and my now ex-partner and i were living up in sacramento and so we partners that mean it was a girl no it was okay a, my, you just, my boyfriend, you just say partner partner i just weirdo. like partner better because it's like howdy partner yeah see no, it's like westerny and also partner sounds like you're gonna give me a fucking lecture on something eventually <laughs> in my mind i'm like it's more um it's like we're in this together like this isn't this there are no rules here like we get to define this however we want and i think that there's to me boyfriend or girlfriend it, it does sound inf- so it's juvenile. infantilizing yeah and and i know that that's, That's why I, I call Kylie my fiance more now, and I have not proposed to her. Sorry, yeah. babe. Uh, it's been eight years. Uh, coming up on eight years next next weekend. Thank you. Well, we'll see if this week happens. Um, <laughs> you're all, you're I can, out. Yeah, I might fucking die on the in the car on the way back. So well, and that's actually something that I was thinking about this through this pandemic season, and actually with my ex and I breaking up was Your you partner. never no <laughs> my ex partner. Um, 
See, I don't like you that never, because now it's now it's ex partner. It sounds like there was like a the business failed. Yeah. Like, what, it, like invest, it makes it our sound, investment. I mean that that is kind of what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Like oh, ex partner sounds like things didn't go down when it's just your ex. People have had exes, and I have three yeah. different, very different breakups and three different exes. Or you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like okay, one was really good, one's really bad, and I still fuck the other one. Like you know, like yeah. there's d- different kinds of. Uh, yeah. No, I definitely just call him my ex. Um. Oh, you were saying, I'm sorry. I don't remember where uh, I was I saying. talked about dying in a car on the way home. Oh, that everything is so impermanent. Like forever, what does forever mean? Like forever could mean until you break up. Forever could mean until that person dies. Forever could mean until you die. Like Your forever is different. Your for, forever means something totally different to everybody and it's not promised. And so being so intentional about the people that you allow in your space and being so intentional about the what types of things you're going to foster and grow and water in your life I don't know it just made me realize that it's so impermanent everything it, it, I think that you had a much better answer than me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no absolutely I think it made me really value a lot of it made it changed my value system about things for sure I definitely went from thinking like, oh, I want to live in like a studio apartment in the city and like watch people get mugged below me and like have a <laughs> live on top of a bar and be like some weird like uh, Soho artist asshole fucking oh, biker gang want to be. It, it sounds fun. awesome. It sounds pretty awesome, right? <laughs> well, but then the pandemic fun. hit and I was alone and I was like, oh, I hate the way everyone is responding to this. People I am agreeing with, people I am disagreeing with. No. I fucking don't want to be anywhere near you people because even though I agree with what you said and it was pretty funny that's a knee-jerk reaction and everyone is just so it it was that's why I like the beginning of the pandemic the lockdown is there was camaraderie Mm -hmm. and we're like oh shit fucking this is crazy we're (laughs) all in this together you know just hand sanitizing my fucking groceries here and that and then it, it, it was like sometime like in May or June like in the summer it just became like social war and I was like Okay, I gotta get the fuck away from people. Like, I gotta, yeah. I gotta run away as far as I can. I don't want neighbors. I don't want to see neighbors. I don't want to hear neighbors. I don't want anyone to know where I live. It was just awful. I also lived in a fucking uh, townhome for 10 years in the ghetto right. of Lompoc. I fucking hate the goddamn neighbors around there. Yeah. And the people, like, they just tormenting. It sucked so bad. So, um, a bit of a misanthrope hmm. by nature, but... I also love socializing and love people. And, right. You know well, I, mean? I so think that there's a difference between curating, social. curating the people that you, right. right, that you allow in your space. I've arrived somewhere between the like uh, homesteading, ranch, isolation, and like apartment in the city. Like, that's my five-year plan: is to get out into the middle of nowhere. That'd be so nice. I'm all. You can only come to my fort if yeah. I invite you. <laughs> well, see, and I, exactly for a champagne and dessert potluck. Yeah, thing. I don't know. It's, it's such a balance too. Like, I think, and one of the big reasons I also just want to live in the middle of nowhere is like I just want to be able to shoot guns any day and every day of my life and not have anyone fuck with me about it or be a problem. I literally just like there's some people who are like oh we moved up to NorCal because we had better access to weed up there it's like you mm-hmm. moved all that way just for weed for you know what I mean and I was like I, you moved all the way out there just so you could go a couple times a day like yeah that's right <laughs> that's so good it's so nice 
It is interesting that I just want to be weird. I just want to go have my own like compound gun news. I could be a fucking uh, cult leader. Sounds like I just want to be a cult leader. Uh, (laughs) That's what I'm getting here. (laughs) I want to be a solo cult cult leader where it's just me. I I know. I even told my friends, like, can we all just like live on a compound somewhere? That's what me with uh, Katie, one of the other bartenders at the Sham, we're always talking about. I miss her. She is so awesome. I fucking love Katie so much. I never see her. I saw her like just a handful of times. Katie and I are there every Friday night. Every Friday every night. Every Friday night. Yeah, Katie and okay. I hold up, except for last Friday because she was in Big Bear. But okay. other than that, she's super cool. She she's like I feel like she feels so small town badass to me. I she's don't so know why. Awesome. She and she's just got really good energy. Yeah, just, she really does. Yeah, just a solid human. Like she feels like uh, like she is. There's a warmth to her. She feels like she's like my older sister. Like, I don't know, something mm-hmm. something about it. I don't remember why I brought that up. Um, uh, Katie, why'd you bring Katie up? I don't know. Maybe I just wanted to let her know I love her. Yeah, yeah shut <laughs> up. Katie, Absolutely. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, no, but circling back to the please, traffic please, thing, please, which please. was why I was talking about moving back from Sacramento, mm-hmm. was that we thought that the roads were going to get closed for a bit during that. Because my... My, in, you were homeschooled. Who thinks that? <laughs> in Europe, they did. They shut down a bunch of the roads that you couldn't travel. And so... Oh, that's why we left Europe in the 14, 17, my brother was They got things wrong over there. My brother was like, you should probably like go now and you need to get all your stuff and you need to get, oh, get back to your house because you're not going to be able to. And I was like, oh, shit. So we like packed everything up and moved back here all crazy frantic like when pandemic hit there was no traffic that was the that was the the full circle of that conversation (laughs) (laughs) we were talking about traffic and then i brought up a story and then then you're like i'm doing 90 on a single lane highway what the hell yeah um the the it turned me into like i think why i was so stoked about it is i literally just got to live out my like vicarious like Mad Max fantasy for oh. a second because I literally it went from like like I'd always carried like a pocket knife on me or mm-hmm. two and just like r- roam around and then that was like at the beginning of the pandemic and by the end of the pandemic it's like I have a slew of guns and I always You're have like, like I got my bug out bag like, I'm ready to yeah, go no, seriously I had like a little mini bug out bag yes. at all times and I still have it. one in the truck yes. and it's like I'm, I have all this shit where it's Why just like not be prepared it literally made Why me not? turn it turned into like uh like a not not a <clears throat> prepper there's like a mid-tier level of like someone who uh and it really helped me kind of like focus in like i really want to know how, uh, what to do when someone is having uh, a medical emergency oh, yeah, yeah. Cause, like i didn't know that if someone is shot in the torso you don't um i forget what you don't there's something you don't do, folks. You don't let air get. I know. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. There's something. Let, you can't let air get in there, so you seal it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you seal it. If it's on the arms or legs, limbs, that's when you get a tourniquet so the it doesn't bleed right. out so much. So the air will cause the lung to collapse if it gets in your chest cavity, and it's very very different. And it's like I did not know that. Yeah. Three or two and a half, three years ago. God, this pandemic is a little too long for me. <laughs> two weeks, my ass. They were full of shit. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's very interesting to think about that. Do you remember Y2K at all? I was too young. It really wasn't even relevant to me by the time I knew what it was. Like, So with being homeschooled and a little bit oh, more conservative, we went ape shit on Y2K. Really? We wow. canned. How, how old are you, Sarah? I'm 29. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're like right there. Yep. Okay. So, uh, I really had no concept of how old you are. I was like, she could be younger than me. She could be older than me. I really have no idea. I'm actually Benjamin Button. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no concept of time here. Um, no, we did. We went crazy for Y2K. We like canned so many oats that we ate oats for years. Like, <laughs> like breakfast. I couldn't eat oats. I couldn't eat oats for so long because I was just so like tired of them. I hate oats. <laughs> they're not in- incredibly nutritious or good for you. They're really just like a uh, oats or what Very, people uh, eat. There's a lot fibrous. of fibrous. There's yeah, and fiber makes you poop hard <laughs> and it hurts your uh, the colon floor. I learned things about fiber that I had no idea that are actually very counterintuitive because people are like oh Oh, you need fiber fiber. it'll make you poop but what it does is it forces it out and it forces like your colonic muscles and it really hurts you and you poop hard and you tear and then people are like it's such a hard time and it's like weird (laughs) too many oats so yeah yeah exactly Um, but there's so many foods I noticed um, just in my like little armchair history browsing the internet yeah. that have basically survived um, famine era stuff hmm. to where like we don't know that stuff that kept people alive when they didn't have game animals right or like things that like are actually nutritious for them yeah and that's why like th- there's all those uh, crazy crops and that's why we have seven different vegetables that came from broccoli or something yeah or from oh, kale yeah. and it's like those aren't Th- those aren't for you all the time. That's for when there's nothing, and that's right. what those are. Good it's so for. interesting because the absorption rate is is non-existent <laughs> almost with those. Everyone's like, "Look at all the the, pro- the the thing in there," and it's like, "Cool." Does your body get it? Oh no, no. no. It, it says that was cool. It literally, it's like the Lacroix of nutrients. <laughs> it like sniffs by you're it. Like, it's like, what? all right. What? what is that? It's interesting that you bring this up. Um, I'm super interested in like food systems. One of my big goals this year is that I really want to go hunting. Yeah. I've never been hunting and I, I'm like hunting. trying to figure out like how I can make it happen. So I'm. Oh, it's I, very easy. I used to. I get, think it's very easy to like make it happen. Yeah, I mean, you, but if you don't know anybody who has land or like, how do you. That's not true. No. I, I feel like you're. It's so much more accessible to us than we give it credit for. And a lot of things yeah. are. A lot of things are. Oh, I mean, everything in life. I think if you make it an intention and you really go well, for it, you can make it happen. Let's talk about hunting then. So I think that it's it's so natural and it's so important to be intimate with your food in that way and where it's it's respectful. I'm like... Um, it also is the causes the least amount of suffering in an animal that you could possibly... And the most sustainable. Yeah. Do you ever think about that? This this point has been beaten over my head because I've been so interested in hunting is that like animals do not die like in a bed with their loved ones surrounding them. Oh no, it's They freeze to death, they starve to death, they die of disease or something fucking mauls them to death and eats them alive. Or you put an arrow through their heart and they go, what the hell? And they fall over. Well, I mean, even think about our industrialized food systems now yeah. i mean if you're on the if you're on the five and you're going up the the five you're like passing cowschwitz there yeah. the hair oh, is great it's, it's like cowschwitz i've never heard it horrible i mean so that might be insensitive so i don't know if it is i'm really sorry to I anybody th- well, that, I, <laughs> I don't mind are you it. saying cow is it because like, cows have big snouts no are you making an anti-semitic <laughs> no, no, joke no. <laughs> um but it's just it's it's so bad it, yeah, and, and, and it and smells horrible. It's it, crazy, and you go. It can't be good oh for your body. God. That can't be. There, it, there are hormones in that. I don't know. I'm like. No, no, no. Yeah, you're I get. On. I get so. It's so not the way it's supposed to be. 
Yeah. And I think the, there's a and there's an incredible amount of accessibility we have as a first world nation oh. to cows that aren't factory farmed like that. Yeah. And there's a there's a really great company um, that I'm aware of that I can't think of the name of. One of my buddies I do jujitsu with actually is a partner in the company uh, or a boyfriend in the company. Partner. partner. Sorry, <laughs> got it wrong. Um, <laughs> um, I think it's called Native Pastures, but I could be wrong about that. Um, so sorry if you got the name wrong, Jake. Um, I'll have him on to promote it uh, sometime this year, sometime soon. But yeah. um, where you just get like locally raised meat. Yeah. And it's terrific. And those types of things. I go to this little uh, butcher shop in the back of the Los Alamos market and okay. just like get get their meat that's, I yep. assume, very localized because their supply chain isn't as fragmented as it is in all the big box stores. Right. So there's a, there, if there's a will, there's a way right. for you to get something that isn't completely tarnished by uh, industry Totally. Industry standards. And then you have to, and then there's, you know, issues of like costs that are involved with that. And I get that not everybody can, can do that, but it's, it is also an interesting argument that the costs of you taking care of yourself, uh, augment the costs of you being ill from not eating better. Oh yeah. So, cause think about how many times you're going to eat something bad for you and then you're going to feel bad and then you're going to not want to do something. And then it, uh, it balloons and snowballs into something that, um, if you start with something like your diet, it's gonna, it's gonna flower in a lot of other places in your life. And I think that I'm no dietitian and this is all grain of salt because this is some jackass with a microphone (laughs) and me and you. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but I think that, uh, something like a small, like starting with your diet is really get, uh, pays dividends. Um, when you care about something like that, cause I used to eat like shit and I still do sometimes. And when I don't yeah. eat like shit, it is a phenomenal time and I'm a big fan of it. I, um, I have so many books that I'm trying to read right now, but one of them is yeah. this book called, um, the omnivores dilemma by Michael Pollan. I've heard, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of about that and how a lot of the things we have now, our forefathers are, you know, for, grandmothers would not wouldn't have known that that was even food they'd be like what the fuck even I'm is this that shit. and it's <laughs> like stinky thing it out of the yeah, ground what is this this isn't food like yeah and um just trying to get back in touch with that tell me more about it i mean i have a i have a terrific book uh written by uh dr paul saladino uh carnivore md on instagram oh, it's uh the carnivore code and essentially how i uh, found him was he was on Rogan's podcast and then uh, there was a couple other carnivore things and then about a year or two later Rogan actually Joe Rogan actually did the uh, carnivore diet and he lost a bunch of weight and mm-hmm. I was like okay that's it like I've been wanting to do this and then this motherfucker I had I had actually uh, started trying to do it earlier and I, I was I was liking it liking yeah. what was happening but then I really went for it and I lost like 10 or 15 pounds in a month and I was like oh my god are you kidding me I haven't weighed this small in 10 I haven't weighed this little in 10 yeah. years and I feel great and like it was really interesting so um that's how I know about like little things yeah. uh but it breaks down the diet and you think carnivore you're like oh what, do you just eat meat it's like no there's fruit there's you know honey right. like it, it, there's absolutely uh a more I don't know, natural diet yeah. to where you're going to have things that m- 
he looks fucking great. And I'm like, I don't like to listen to people that aren't in positions I also would like to be in. Hmm. I don't like to listen to the homeless guy telling me what I should invest in. I don't like listening right. to the, the fat dude tell me what's good <laughs> or bad for me. I don't like listening to the guy with no biceps tell me oh, what exercises man. are good and things like that. So he, that- I try to, that. with that being said, you can also learn from someone's mistakes. Oh, absolutely. So like the homeless guy can say, don't invest in this because now I'm homeless right. and you go, okay, there you go. And then the fat guy can say, don't eat this because you get fat. And then the, the weak guy could say, hey, don't do that because it doesn't give you biceps. So right. th- there's a there's a yin and a yang to that. It's so interesting that you bring that. It's this, this goes off on a little bit of a different tangent, but on those same lines, for a long time, I had a really hard time leaving my job working for the city and leaving an office job because so many people can't imagine another another way of being they're like you have the pension you have good medical insurance you've got the job you know but i'm an artist and i do silversmithing and i make jewelry your your name was sarah silversmith in my phone (laughs) sarah silversmith that's me i'm trying to get i'm getting back into it i've just been working a shit ton but um, I, i would wear some silver if you made it i make some it's fun stuff i've been doing a lot of stuff with beach pebbles which is a lot of fun um but remembering there were a lot of people that gave me advice that were like don't quit your job like you should definitely stay like that's a bad idea like you'll never make money and just like but they are the same people who were never brave enough to try what they really wanted to do yes yes it's not the worst and it's so like, it's what like dreams did you follow right you're and hurting so, me and so listening to the people who have done it or who've at least tried to do it or listening to people who are hike walking the walk instead of people who were too afraid to jump jump and so kind of what you're saying like you know listening to people who are actually doing it or actually it's interesting what voices we allow to occupy our mental space yeah Yeah. and being able to examine it and be like is that my does that benefit me is that is that where my goals are is that does that get me closer does that thought help me get closer to my goals in any way Mm, no yeah. Fuck and off. <laughs> I've gotten a little bit more harsh with it now. Or I'm just no, like, no, no, totally, no. totally, totally. <laughs> and it's what you have to be. And I think the things like the pandemic are one of those uh, opportunities where it narrowed your mindset or not narrowed, but it trimmed it up. It buttoned it up where you're like, I have no time for this bullshit because my 20s are gone, bitch. You know, you yeah. got to like th- fucking move on. Life, life goes. Life yeah, is moving. That's the crazy thing is it life just is always moving. goes. I think about uh, just trying to live more in the moment, whether... Um, I don't know what I, I feel like there's a lot of things I look back on fondly with nostalgia and a lot of that feels like a lot of pain because mm. I will never get those moments back and I need to decide to be happy in the moment and enjoy that time because the uh, looking back is uh, it's really tricky and really difficult to kind of reconcile who you are as a person if you're constantly constantly looking back in the past and wishing mm. you had something that was more to you then i uh i constantly have dreams about this childhood home i grew up in mm. for uh, about five years yeah uh it was the uh, kylie actually pointed out this sweet angel was like i think that's just where you had the most stability in your life mm. growing up mm-hmm. so you, that's the warm center of your universe where you kind of like it's your safe space exactly so it, it, uh, I don't even know where I was going with this, but it just, like, you gotta have time for what's gonna help the future feel as good as you look at the past, right. too. And, and like, right now, in this moment, 
<laughs> that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, totally. Something I, I struggle with often is thinking that, like, oh, when I'm there, I'll have it. Or, like, when this is done, I'll be, ha- like, and peace. I'll be able to be peaceful. Or, oh, when I get this content done. Content is on the other side of the fence. Always. And then and then how, how often is it do you find out, you know what? I was having way more fun getting there than actually being there. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I was telling my mom this the other day. I was like, you know, I have everything that I need to live my absolute best life right now. Like, wh- how do I, what would that look like? Like, looks pretty good. And just, but th- just being like, what, what would my day to day look? What do I want my days to look like? And being purposeful about that. Being like, you know what? I want to be able to carve out time to go to the beach with my dog. That's beautiful. Where can I do? How can I make that happen? You're so right, though. And you're so you, right. It's obtainable. It's, it's. Is it obtainable or attainable? I found attainable. it was attainable. Attainable? But both work, obtainable. right? Obtainable. <laughs> Not that it matters. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a word asshole, so. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put everything on that. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's> very interesting. <sighs> the human experience. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, let's see. I mean, see. not that you're not growing up now. I just mean like, well, what okay. did you want to be when you were a kid? When I was a little kid, um, I wanted to be an opera singer. That was my, I was obsessed with Sarah Brightman and I like wanted to be an Sarah opera singer. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Sarah Brightman. Which is funny because. I've never heard that in my life. Opera singer. Yeah. I was like obsessed. I thought you were saying optometrist, ophthalmologist. <laughs> no, I wanted to be an opera singer. Op- <laughs> and then I wanted to be a veterinarian because anything. I'm oh, obsessed okay. with veterinarian animals. Veterinarian is a big one. Everyone says yeah, that. I, I feel like a veterinarian. Uh, veterinarian, doctor, firefighter, like there's a lot of like. Mm-hmm. like village people standards <laughs> yep. where like people are like I wanted to be that and uh, some people say teacher and I'm always cu- I've never heard opera singer in my life yeah, opera singer and then an artist I was fortunate my what mom kind of really artist? like like, um, like an asshole or like what are you an artist is that a type of artist <laughs> I just feel like some people are like I'm an artist when they're actually like I think you're just boring you don't have a personality so you just like oh. inflect it on, on like taking pictures of dumb crap mm. I don't know like people pe- people <laughs> instead think- of being interesting they like accessorize themselves with things that are interesting and I try to kind of gray myself if I can hmm. help it so that way um, I absolutely have to be what's interesting to the person instead of because I, I used to literally be like I gotta dress cool gotta listen to cool shit gotta fucking have cool shit and it must always be interesting and I've slowly kind of like rid myself of those things to an extent where it's like I can be way like the the the, the artist of myself without like looking like a starter pack is it the interesting shift in that is it that it's all internal Right, yeah, like, there, like there's a like there's a painting in my colon right now. <laughs> well, hmm. a paintbrush. In. There's actually a paintbrush. It fit there right we in. go. Uh, yeah, like being being an artist. I think that I think everyone's creative. I think every I think every person has that. Sure, with, some people fucking suck. I think that they, a lot of times. Yeah, I, I see. I'm like such an optimist. I try to. Yeah, see, I, I, are you an opera singer or are you an optimist? I thought <laughs> yeah, that's what you wanted to be when you grew up for sure. Because I think you are. I tend to, th- I tend to think, you know, oh man, everyone, if everyone just was, you know, had the right, I don't know, nurturing, encouragement, and. I know how many people ended up being school shooters instead of uh, like, like you know, everyone always brings up Hitler, got kicked out of art school, or they said you suck, pussy. And then he uh, hmm. killed a couple people. Just a few. Him yeah. and him and Ava Braun. I know he killed oh, at man. least two people. Him and Ava Braun. So fucked up. Um, 
yeah you know that's it that's it it brings up an interesting thing because it's like are people inherently are they blank slates are people inherently good are people inherently bad oh i think there's definitely some uh bad chemicals that come out of the bottle yeah and that's 100%. just what it is yeah like oh yeah it, some people are just broken they were born broken and they're gonna terrorize themselves and others you ever have like like a litter of puppies and one is a fucking cunt and it's gonna grow up to bite a nine-year-old in the throat and kill it yeah yeah it, uh, you're gonna have to do something with it and that's life you know and yeah. hopefully you're not the runt of the litter or whatever like i think that's yeah. truly life does not give a fuck you get dealt your uh hand of cards and it can really suck for some people and that's when i think about that and i think about the people who really have it hard who really they have uh overt mental illness they have disability they're uh stricken to a wheelchair they're without something i feel very fortunate to just be i would rather just be a janitor you know what i mean like i'm so happy with just like you know what i'm i, I like that i'm doing this so much more than i would have you know been an inspiration because i rolled my wheelchair the most miles or something hmm. not to insult anyone who is in a wheelchair because i know that i have a, a few people in wheelchairs that listen to this podcast and i know there's definitely a few retards that listen to this podcast for sure <laughs> i mean yeah it's it is very it's very interesting to think about all of that i think that we are all fighting such unique battles and there's people that have had super shitty cards dealt to them like family trauma abuse whatever you know all these things and they're still not assholes so i feel like it's a choice you you choose what you're gonna do with that and i get like so part of me is like you yeah there's these shitty cards that get dealt to you things happen but you get to choose your attitude with that it's true but then there are just some bad apples because some i mean there's just like but i think that's on them it is on them some of it like if you're a dick that's on you some people just don't have the fortitude to but maybe they've never been shown like love and like true unconditional like acceptance and there's maybe a, that's yeah maybe true. that kind of fucks with someone if you i like, know are you watching that show euphoria do you watch tv I don't watch TV. I don't have a TV. I should have known fucking homeschooled <laughs> well, I don't ass have a TV. I don't watch. Everything, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. I've been seeing a lot of stuff about it on like Instagram. What? I've been seeing a lot about the euphoria yeah, okay. thing on Instagram. There's this character in there. Um, it's this dad who's a closeted homosexual. Mm -hmm. And why do you bring this up? You can, It's one of my favorite subplots of the whole show. Hmm. Not because I'm a closeted homosexual, but because it just is the best story in my opinion like it is my favorite like this guy had this really budding romance with a kid in high school mm. and then he got a girl pregnant because he was doing the like i'm not gay it's the 80s i'm not a right. fag thing you know and it just breaks my heart because you can tell like he's missing something as an mm. adult and it's manifested in a really like unfortunate way and he didn't get shown that like acceptance Right. Like you said. Yeah, it's true. I, I really do think that being a person is this crazy experience and we're all just like... I also I also love that show navigating. because it made me like, reminded me like LGBT people are people and they're not just annoying Twitter trolls. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's there's just annoying people of every yeah any, every subculture. No, anything, absolutely. I just people, wanted I just wanted to mention that because yeah. it absolutely I think helped me like pull away from being so harsh on people because of the color of their flag or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's awesome. I think it's because I always feel so much better when uh, I'm more accepting of people too. Well, because being more accepting of others inherently is being more accepting of yourself and all of your flaws flaws and and the ways that you show up. I think that the more grace we can give others and ourselves like ends up being really magical because then it does come from an unconditional place where you're like, I can just accept myself for the fucked up mess that I am and and I can accept other people for the fucked up mess that they are. And you know what? That's a kind of struggle I've had too lately is a, not even a struggle, just a fun little, fun little side quest of, I work in this very kind of like masculine trade Mm -hmm. and I'm always around like construction workers and people and uh, it's not really what I thought it was in terms of like the way people behave and I had this very overt uh, I don't know where it came from. I think it started, I was not like a very like jock, masculine, like kid growing up. Yeah. I was just like a grumpy, grouchy, prickly prick asshole. And then I started to like exercise and get like this like machismo. And it showed me a lot about my potential that I wasn't accessing. And it made me regret the way I, I grew up kind of. So I really leaned into a lot of it. And it is, a lot of it's pure, a lot of it's genuine and organic, yeah. and, but there's also comes with the territory of there's going to be some bullshit in there. There's going to be some like posturing and bullshitting and look like, a lot about like, like masculine, uh, archetypes, a lot of posturing in there. Um, and lately I just was like, I fucking don't really care about doing that as much anymore. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be, I saw this old picture of myself, actually. That's what it was. I saw an old picture of myself and I went, what I want to be him again. Describe the picture to us. It was me. I was maybe 14, 15 years old. I was wearing a green skateboarding military jacket, uh-huh. had a skateboard logo on it. I had bleached uh, fucking hair. It was like a helmet hair. I had like a Doors shirt on and had like skinny jeans. And I was just like, that is such a cool kid. Where did he go? Yeah. And I want to be that kid again. And it was like, I want to be like a little more me than I've been letting myself be. Cause I've been a little How exciting. It, I've been, I feel like I, I, it kind of is exciting. It's you fucking know, exciting. I used to paint my nails and shit and like be like a weirdo. And I want to be a little bit more weird again. I think, I think I can balance the weirdo with the wacky machismo and be a, re- I, I, I want to see what that outcome, that hybrid, that fusion haw is. I am the the weirdos are my favorite. The like they piss me off. They're so annoying. I don't know what you're I, talking about. I hate I other weird people. I hate that like weirdos. if I look weird, they approach me and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Pink <laughs> hair? No, I'm like, <laughs> you know, life is so freaking short, and so what comes to my mind? I'm a fucking weirdo. So that's probably why I like the no weirdos. <laughs> but like, so I was homeschooled, but then I went to public school for half of seventh and eighth grade, which is like the most fun time time. yeah the most fun time to go to public school um so i went to public school for those uh two you know year year and a half and 
I was so used to just doing like whatever I wanted to like wearing whatever I wanted or like being my own person. And so that was a little bit of a jarring experience to go to public school and have kids be like, what the fuck are you wearing, Sarah? Like there was one time I wore um, jeans and I safety pinned beads, all like these weird glass beads all over the jeans. Yeah. Super weird. Like what, what is that about? But I was, I dug it. I thought it was super cool. And being able to just be like, I like this, so I'm going to wear it. And other people aren't going to get it. And that's fine because I think I look hot, you know? And it's just, I don't know, finding our own groove. My my cousin is such an inspiration for this. He's just such his own person. My brother, too, is like a very unique individual who is so himself. And it's liberating. I think the more people are themselves, it gives other people permission to be the, themselves. The people who are unapologetic about being themselves and expressing themselves are so inspiring. And they're so, I just want to be surrounded by people like that. And uh, people, like I mentioned earlier, my friend Kale, mm-hmm. uh, what I say, we're both, uh, we're two, we're both cut from the same cum rag. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, like- we're just like, he's so unapologetically himself. And he's one of those people where it's like, oh my God, like, talking to him kind of made me want to also get in touch with like who I used to be. Cause it was definitely more akin to how he is hmm. and not that there isn't glimmers of that, but it, we're such a, it's the word I'm looking for. Such a fucking, I can't think of the word. doesn't matter. Just a quilt. I guess you could say of ourselves like personality wise in the past like you know like people like accessorize uh things from different subcultures like we're saying earlier and they create this really like beautiful or sometimes hideous version of things um you gotta shuffle the deck and remember what's in there too like there's a lot of things like oh yeah like i used to be a fucking badass what happened or like oh yeah i used to be way like there's this there's a coworker I don't really get along with at work and it reminds me a lot of how uncomfortable I felt in junior high. I got bullied mm. a lot. Um for the what I wore too. Yeah. Which is really weird because I came from going to school, I, I changed schools. Yeah. Just kinda similar to how you did, yeah. just not from homeschool. I went from being like one of the cool skater kids in Arroyo Grande with my friends to Santa Maria to where it was like, Oh, there's none of you around here, boy. <laughs> it's yeah. it's you look weird. <laughs> like yeah. you're you have dyed hair it's seventh you're in seventh grade you're wearing a fucking which 70s rock band t-shirt you're wearing fucking girl jeans with holes in them and which ultimately the message is you don't belong and and that's hard because whether you want to belong or not which i didn't um it's really hard on your psyche because it goes back to a biological imperative you have of the, the 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 fucking tribe does not want me yeah, and they might push me out and I can't survive without I'll die. I'm going to die. Your, it's, your, it's like, your it's a monkey brain tells you I'm not, death. yeah, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to make it out of here. So it's interesting how like socially we sacrifice and kind of like create like a social homicide to people by alienating them so much. And some people are not tough enough to live out in the social wild uh, as other people, some people would starve out there and other people would go, I'm going to build a shelter and find my own food and have my own taste in music. And I'm going to have my own interests and I'm going to have, find my own people and my own new tribe and build my own one. And it's going to resolve around me. Okay. So that's why I feel like it's kind of bad for the beige, like 
conglomerate like yeah. crew. But, but maybe they really like maybe they're really like stoked on that. But in my mind, it, well, I they, feel they, like they need entertainment too. We can literally like. Just, I'm like, be free, like be your little weird but, well, but self. But without them, everyone would just be weird, and then it's just. But oh. I'm here for that. They, but then I'm here for everyone like, being like Sarah, their weird Sarah, little. <laughs> no, what happens? What happens? I'll embrace is it. They, bring it they out. They turn weirdness into homogeny, and they turn it into um, the flavor of the week. And like, how how annoying mm. is it when something that used to be underground is now popular, and it just gets like murdered to death from like just being. <laughs> it just becomes. Every it's the town bicycle. Everyone rides. It's fucking just smushed into obscurity because it is so prevalent. But I think that's a symptom of people not having the self confidence to be themselves. It goes right back to the same mentality that creates the beige culture. It's the same thing, but but on a on different different uh, ingredients. I think the beige culture makes the world go round, and then the exterior culture keeps the beige culture entertained to keep making it go around hmm. not everyone can be of the same comrade uh, <laughs> same cloth and well i guess that is what's so great about like finding your people yeah like not everyone speaks your language and sometimes your people is a little bit of every people yeah which i, I hope mine is i love oh. i love to be as multifaceted as i can um not literally as multifaceted as i can but just having like a diversity in your your uh, communication is, is well they say they say for like making business decisions or really making any decisions at all it's best to have people who aren't experts in the area it's better to have people from so many different backgrounds that know absolutely nothing about the subject because they're not afraid to ask different questions that might be seen as stupid or might be mm. seen as yeah you know naive mm. so the more diverse you can get they're not set in that way. They're not set in a certain way. You get a better perspective. You get more input. You get an you outside get, perspective. Absolutely. I love when people who are new to like one of my hobbies or interests uh, ask me uh, questions about it because mm-hmm. I might have missed something on my introduction. Right. And like I was doing jujitsu with this guy who's a white belt. So he's like lower ranked than me. Yeah. So he's newer to it. And we were talking about it. And it was just like, like he still did well. I was still, you know, like there, I, there was a. There's a communication where he's going to ask something or do something that I might have missed introduction wise. Maybe there's something fundamentally that I missed. Same thing like uh, with being an electrician. Um, There's this kid who's younger than me, but he knows way more because he's been doing it longer. And there was, it was something very simple. It was like wiring a switch. And I was like, hey man, can you tell me how you do that? Like, I want to know how you do it in your mind, what you do and think of it. And I want to see like how you convey that to me because you might say something that helps it click so much more oh that's the the beautiful thing about learning and and teaching is that everyone has a different approach and teaching is a terrific way of learning it's such a good way of learning that happens in jujitsu a lot people start teaching or start like coaching classes and then they level up because they're fleshing out and learning how to um convey techniques Mm -hmm. to people and then they really have to make it understand especially when you teach like little kids it's like you have to break it down to the simplest forms of understanding and then you understand it in the most simple way and then you can add the complexities in on your with your own you know so interesting it's so great yeah that's something that i'm hoping that i can do with my silversmithing hopefully soon is like get it set up so I can start teaching classes. Do you have a page? I do. Is it just your Instagram? I have my Instagram, which is going to be Feral Silver, which is F E R A L Silver, 
and then I have a website as well. Which Wait, will be what the is same. it? F E R A L. Yeah. Okay, so got it's it. it's kind of a play Fair on my slower. last name. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. I, I just got that very yep. slow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Feral Silver, and um, yeah, I've got my Instagram, and I have a website under the same www.feralsilver.com. Cool. It's super outdated, and I'm needing to. <laughs> like That's okay. This will be a call. On this will be a good call to action. Seriously. Yes. Um. But yeah, I mean, the few instances where I've been able to teach people how to make stuff has just been so fun. It's so fun to help people realize that they can do something with their own hands, that it's not rocket science, it's technique, and it's just knowing It's just knowing the basics, and anyone can create something. It's just doing it. I, I love it. It's so fun. How'd you get started doing that? So, um, I was really interested in it. I just uh, liked how, how silver how, stuff looked. How long looked. ago? What age? I've what been do you doing mean? it for about three years. Three years, okay. But definitely like hobby, hobby level for a while. Um, my ex and I were living up in a partner. <laughs> my ex partner. <laughs> uh, we were living in an airplane hangar up in Santa Maria at You're the so airport. fucking cool. <laughs> no, just... <laughs> out of, out, just of, out like, of all the people I've known that have lived in airplane hangars, you're, you're the first. So we were we were there living in the airplane hangar, so I had space to be able to set up a whole new... set up a whole studio and get started. And um, Daniel, my ex-partner, was like, Sarah, you need to stop buying tools and shit and need to stop buying stones and you gotta you gotta make something he, he was like he he, he kind of pulled the plug and was like you gotta do this yes and so yes. there's a lady up in avila who teaches classes and so i took a took a class on how to just solder like two two pieces together to make a ring this was actually the first ring that i made and it's um it's called a spinner ring so there's a wide piece of uh, silver at the bottom and then there's a thinner one around the top of it and it, it actually spins but it, in that class I learned how basically just to solder two pieces together mm-hmm. and after that it was like okay I have the tools I need and you know it was like I have everything I need now I understand the basic rudimentary like how to solder things together and it was just like wildfire after that I was like alright let's go so I was just making stuff and it was um I was working down in Santa Barbara at the time and commuting, so I would leave at like six, wouldn't get back until six or seven, and then I'd be you know up late at night oh, working wow. on silver, oh, wow. and yeah. so it's been really fun. So it's like a, definitely some passion in there. Oh, for you sure, have passion. Yeah. How it's hard is it to, for people to have passion too? It's vulnerable to have passion. It, yeah. Okay. I guess more. It, maybe passion isn't the word I'm looking for how I guess motivation to have like initiative. like I want to be yeah initiative there you go yeah. like I I want to be a comic more than anything you know what I mean really it con- yeah th- this tell is me actually, about that oh um so as long as I can remember I've watched stand-up one of my earliest memories is watching um Sam Kinison's live at the comedy store mm-hmm. I couldn't have been older than five or six years old before that I watched Jeff Foxworthy one of his specials and I watched like Blue Collar and then I remember I really loved superheroes and comic books and on TV Guide before there was like I didn't we didn't have TV for a long time and then uh, we had TV Guide so I was like oh my god what's on and I'd look at all these things and I always always saw a comic something and I was like comics and I was like oh 
comic book, superheroes, fuck yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah. And I clicked on it, and it was stand-up, and I was like, oh, that's not what I thought. And I was listening, and I was like, oh, this is funny. Oh, yeah. shit, this is like the other <laughs> funnies I, I watch. And it became like, I was seven or eight years old, and we, we had stolen cable, and I used to watch Comedy Central and just watch stand-up all the time. And I was always, I, I don't know, always, but it happened, started happening like third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, where people were like, you're funny. You should be a comedian. And it, I remember one time one of my friends told a joke that he like got from another comedian. Like mm-hmm. when you're a kid, you tell yeah. like jokes from like specials yeah. and stuff. And he, but he like made it sound like it was his story. And I came, went up to him after and I was like, Hey man, I saw that special. That was a, that was a great story. <laughs> I, love I, that know, story. I know your dirty secret. Yeah. Yeah. I know your dirty <laughs> secret. Exactly. Um, and it like, that's like a long memory ago. And people literally, have told me I should be a comedian for so long. Here's the funny thing is once I decided I want to be a comedian, you don't hear that anymore. No one says, Oh, you should be a comedian. Cause, oh. like, cause <laughs> either, either they, they think you are or they, or you aren't funny anymore for some reason. Hmm. I don't hear people say I'm funny anymore and it hurts. Like it happens a lot, lot, lot less <laughs> and it hurts. And I don't, I don't know if it's because I'm fo- trying to focus funny onto like the page or like hmm. jotting it down or you transcribing it somewhere. But it, when, ah, gosh, how do I put it? If I'm in, I used to be, I was really like toxic about it too. Um, if I wasn't the funniest person in the group and someone else was getting like the most laughs, like I, got so much more jealous you could have grabbed my girlfriend by the ass or something and i would be less jealous or like less like upset than i would if you were making like them laugh more or something like i would just like especially if i didn't think you were funny i was like how the fuck are they falling for this because i am actually way funnier and they are not laughing stupids jeez so (laughs) um i don't remember it's interesting the things that we that that um we assign our self-worth to, you know, like it's really like, trivial to other people. They're like, I didn't even think about being the funniest person. Right. But, but like, I cannot get any of my coworkers to laugh. My boss, no one. And it <laughs> kills me because I went You're from, all, I'm <gasps> fucking hilarious. I went from literally just like working at Starbucks, having a crew of people just like pissing themselves, laughing yeah. and being like the most like, uh, what's your partner number? Enigmatic. Huh? I said, what's your partner number? Two, four, 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 five, three, two, five. And <laughs> it was fucking like awesome and I remember I even worked in a factory one time and I used to say jokes just the craziest shit and it was before I even wanted to be a comedian but I was like constantly like just pushing the envelope of like saying crazy shit and funny shit and just like making it happen and now it doesn't happen at work and I quietly just like die inside a little bit every day but also what an indicator to that environment makes such a huge difference yeah and like you the people that you're around they might not they just don't get you and that's not that doesn't that's not a reflection of you that's a reflection of the environment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very 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 but we very but we let it get to us it gets to our heads yeah i'm it, talking it about fucks, it now aren't yeah I? i've been doing this job for about seven months <laughs> all, fucking murder. they don't even think i'm funny <laughs> yeah. but then i'll write something down i'm like that was funny all, i got it i that's know good. that's funny that's a good one yeah no our our environment your the the environment that you're in makes a huge difference and it's okay to this is me this is my my own perception on this but i think there's a difference between running away from something and choosing that it's not for you and like specifically i'm referencing a really important distinction to make 
Absolutely. And the only one that knows that is our, you. you. What are you You're referencing? You're the only one who would know the difference. For me, working for the city. Like it was, I'm not an office person. I hate oh, working shit. at a <laughs> desk. Like I, it was really hard for me. And so for me to distinguish between, am I running away from this because it intimidates me? Or am I choosing not to be in this environment because it's not conducive to my growth as a human being? It's not my aligned with my goals. It, th- this isn't a stepping stone towards something that I want. This doesn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, wow. And the only person that can, the only one that can say what that is, is ourselves. Because nobody else will know. And everyone else will give you their perspective from, yeah, and from they their might own be wrong, ways. Or they call you chicken shit for leaving or vice versa. Or maybe they're like, oh, it doesn't work for you. And oh man, I genuinely like the, like two, about a week or two ago, I was like, yeah. I think I'm going to have to fucking leave this job. Oh, I'm okay now. But yeah. I was like, damn, I was kind of liking this. And this is just really isn't working. Something about it wasn't working. But I, uh, I've, I've, I've learned that I was very impatient in making knee jerk, uh, kind of yeah, things bad. like that. I'm so I'm definitely person. like letting, I'm like, I will, I always be a little more optimistic than I, uh, pretend I am. So hmm. that, or yeah, like I'll probably pretend to be cynical and like secretly be like way more optimistic because it just, uh, to an optimistic person is usually the most annoying person and the cynical person is usually like slightly less annoying so i'd be a little close for little me cynical. i'm like i'd also think it'd be funnier the people too who are pessimists i'm like fuck you oh yeah pessimists like, get, I, get, get your toxic here. fucking your shit toxic away from me like, i don't know out. anyone who's a pessimist because it. they don't have any friends i hate complainers hang out too i can't handle whiners don't I'm a, complain to me i when i complain i'm doing it strictly because mm-hmm. i'm going to make it funny or yeah. i think well, it's gonna be funny but also also i heard recently uh i don't know it was like a piece of advice somewhere and they said, don't complain. No one cares when you're complaining. It, it doesn't b- affect them. And I noticed from like a couple, couple weeks after that, every time I'd complain, I'd kind of see people like detach from the conversation. Yeah. I go, okay. Well, because noted. it's not productive in any way. What does it's it, not, what purpose well, does it, it serve? It feels good. And sometimes like when I complain, it's really funny. Yeah. Like, I think that's like, I have a, I have a couple comedians I really love and it's like when they're like complaining about something, mm. they're making it hilarious. I think that's different though. It's, if you're making like, if you're making a bit out of it, if yeah. you're like. Yeah. I, yeah, that's true. That's fair. I guess. And sometimes I'll, I probably confuse myself mm. where it's, I'm going, oh, I thought me complaining was interesting because I made it funny and I'm interesting story, sometimes, though. but now I'm just bitching and I'm not doing it. <laughs> so no one cares. Being a person's weird. It's the only thing we got, though, so we just got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and how many times I'm driving and I'm like, what is this? Where are we? Yeah. What? Where? I did not agree to this. And you just like pop up out of nowhere and you're like, what's a conscience? And like, what's a inner monologue? And you go, wait, 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 wait. What's actually go-? like when you dehumanize do and you like hear- unfamiliar yourself with reality and like personhood and like your physical embodiment, you go, yeah. who did this? But then you're like, wait, how do you know what a who is like? Oh shit! Like it, it is trippy. I have goosebumps on my leg just saying it right now. Like consciousness. It, it is so bananas. It, it makes so no bananas. sense. It makes no sense. But I will tell you what. I've been happy. I've been sad. I miss people. There's people who are not here anymore. I've had some pretty okay sex before. Like those things are awesome. <laughs> like I definitely want. I want those around. You those know. Those are good parts of being yeah. conscious. Yeah, it is. It's a trip. It's a trip. Uh, I don't get it. 
half the time. Sometimes my neighbor jokes, because uh, I'm always saying that being a person's weird. She's like, Yeah, you said it like four times. She's already. all, she's all, Are you an alien? <laughs> <laughs> are you an alien? Maybe. Um, but then, like, also, I bet we were like, being a fucking alien's kind of weird. Yeah, I think just being, uh, being, con- just being a be- being a being <laughs> is crazy. The individual, being the individual, and the the, I can go off on this because this stuff, this is like. Before you go off on it, let me change these batteries. It's looking a little low. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can timestamp it right there. <sighs> All right, hold that thought. Being a be- being a being. Yeah, being a being. A green bean, to be specific. Being a green bean. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a All trip. Right. Oh, hold on. Splice this. Hold on. Go ahead. Well, like, I, people, t- my, like, one compliment that I get, maybe not a lot, but I'd get this compliment every once in a while, is that people tell me I have a nice ass. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm always like, thanks, it's my greatest asset. Yeah, 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 that's always a good one. <laughs> you all, know, I always try but, to make um, a pun geez. out of, uh, um, catastrophe or like ass is a great one you could because there's There's as in so many words yeah yeah i used to i i used to get a lot of compliments on my butt and i don't know what happened that's like something that i lost like with the funny thing where people don't say i'm funny anymore people don't say i have a nice ass anymore what the hell what the hell they're letting you down i think i don't know i stopped everyone likes a good compliment powerlifting so i think my butt kind of like shrank a little i don't know Body's I just also my my jeans aren't as tight anymore. So well, you're not wearing those those skinny girl jeans skinny side. jeans that you were when you were in a Rio Grande yeah, and well, a skater boy. Well, it was really Napomo. I, I uh. want to specify because I Grande there wasn't a middle school in Napomo at the time, mm. so everyone had to go to H E. What was? I was wearing some skinny jeans, right? I think I was wearing. Yeah, that's right. I was wearing them Friday night. <laughs> I was wearing. I was wearing good butt like, pants. Still in the arsenal. I still We've have got some. Those. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I gave Kylie like two pairs of my skinny jeans because I think skinny jeans on girls, like tight jeans, like that's where it's at. Like, <laughs> I, there's some people who can really rock, like you know, like like a baggier fit or a looser fit, like a straight fit. But I think like tight jeans belong on women. It is good. But what were we saying before? Being uh, hu- uh, being human beings weird. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, that's right. How much of what you want to do is just being selfish and how much of it is actually like there may never be an opportunity or something to do be done like this ever again? Yeah, which... Yeah, remind- not like heroin, guys. No. Like, let's be smart about it. <laughs> which then reminded me of like a conversation that we had at the bar regarding polyamory and open yeah, relationships. That's right, that's right, that's right. And just the complexities of of that mm-hmm. as well it's a hard one yeah because it's like I, i've been in an open relationship before and it there's it obviously didn't work out you know what i mean where <laughs> yeah I'm not with that person anymore and it was really weird and you think it's gonna work and think it's fun because you're like what wouldn't be fun about not having um like a a restrictor plate on my genitals or something and i think it's, it's so interesting because i i um Last year, or really this year too, I dated a couple that... Oh, you dated a yeah, couple? Yeah, I dated wow. a couple for a while. And um, it was so interesting to navigate that. And they aren't together anymore. You fucking house... Or you were house wrecker? Home wrecker? <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> no, no. That's what, see, that's what I but think see, happens. But see, it's interesting because I think that some people, they don't want that. 
and they go along with it because they think their partner wants it or that they get to stay with their partner. Yeah. And yeah. That, instead oh, of it, how, how sad that's is fucking that? that's sad. Up that's fucked up. Because like to try, to try, that's how much you love the person. You're like, I don't want you to leave even th- though this is going to hurt me but for doing it like you leaving me is going to hurt more in my head than us going through it. this is going to hurt they, maybe it's like, like a balance of of negativities like a, a balance of the cons i think that i it's really challenged my way of looking at it in a lot of ways where instead of it being a limitation it can be more of an opening where you're allowed to have these deep complex relationships with friends you're able to have these deep complex relationships with romantic partners you're able to have these deep so it just i mean everyone has different expectations and what they want but it all comes down to communication yeah it it, and it's so difficult to perform uh to achieve rather the uh the amount of communication that i feel would even qualify you to have another person like how good are you at relationships that you can add another yeah I, I mean, like the people i know that are polyamorous they're still together but i know a lot of people who tried that shit and it blew up in their fucking face and it's like the absolute hubris people have to be like i'm so good at this I got another like oh but I think that's I think that's I part under, of the I, misconception too I, yeah I understand the like oh well like I can't just shoot one gun all the time like I have to shoot my other one too or like right. I can't that's like of course my fucking uh yeah <laughs> no, that's my go for it. It. That's <laughs> my go to but, but like that in my head that kind of simplifies it and I understand where it's like oh, I can't always date a black girl like I have a white girlfriend too like that'd be cool just on a strictly uh superficial basis <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because i think for me and this is coming from a place of through the whole experience i'm pretty sure that i am monogamous um i don't think that i want to have multiple like romantic relationships Mm -hmm. um but i understand that i don't see it as so opposite i don't see it as something that let's say I'm having a relationship with somebody and they also have a very deep intimate relationship with somebody else. I don't think that that makes my relationship with them any less. I think that there's no, it's a different dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that we put ourselves in these like binary boxes where it's like, okay, you only have 100% and you can, if you get 50%, then, then I only have 50% to give somebody else. And I, I, I think that there's going to be a miss, appropriation of funds in polyamorous relationships interesting someone is you think that that's just i think that's just i'm saying it from someone who has a somewhat successful relationship with one person and it cannot be to me stated enough how much work it is and how much of yourself be uh, a good partnership like you would put it uh requires and I think that if I were to have another partner or someone else in a relationship, it would now, I'd be augmenting power or like taking it and giving it to someone else that it, maybe it's possible. I've also like never truly done it mm-hmm. to where I've dated multiple people at a time. Um, 
you know, that anyone knows about. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but um, <laughs> like, like actual two relationships, you yeah. know, it, I don't know. Like I think about also how heartbreaking it would be. It's like someone is going to have the worst Valentine's Day that day, which is tomorrow. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Like someone my like might actually be like to me when you can apply numbers to people because there's more than two sides, you can apply a ranking system and then that can give you a complex about where you stand with someone and whether you know it or not, like at work, for example, none of us are fucking each other, but I have a boss and I am the lowest on the totem pole. We have someone who's newer than me, but they know more than me. They're more advanced and they get paid more. And then they have someone who is uh, older than me right? and knows more than me and is like a higher up, but essentially we're both apprentices. Right. I'm the lowest man on the totem pole. I know where it is. It's very humbling. It's very like, like I, I'm, this is really going to. Uh, give me some character building opportunities yeah. because I am at the bottom of the barrel here and that's just how it is. It's interesting because I think the work dynamic, there's an inherent power balance because you're getting paid. And I think that for me, oh, when I, would, I think I would, of- I would definitely be in an open relationship or like a polyamorous relationship if I was getting paid. Right. But like, I think in my mind, the most, the, the polyamory done correctly because I think I think there's relationships that are done incorrectly all the time. Like people who are in monogamous relationships then cheat. And it's like, okay, obviously you're not a monogamous because you you're cheating on your partner. Like, but do you think they were even worried about like they were even saying they're monogamous? I think a lot of people, why would you be in an exclusive relationship and not be monogamous? Those things are kind of in my mind, synonymous. Stop rhyming, asshole. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Next well, beat is dropping. <laughs> <laughs> Mix, SoundCloud yeah, mixtape yeah. out now. Um, you know? So, yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. So I it's like, you. in my mind, if it was truly 100% unconditional, where it's just like, I just love you as a person, 100%, like, doesn't matter. I support you and want the best thing for you. There's no... There's jealousy, of course. I think that's a normal thing that pops up no matter what. Jealousy is also really hot, too. Really? Inter- that's an interesting dynamic to explore. Uh, dive into that a little bit more. I don't know. Like, How jealousy so? is hot. Like, fucking, like, when someone is literally so upset that they're not getting your attention, I don't know. It's, I used that to get, goes I used back to, to like, a really, power dynamic, though. Well, I'm a man. We have the power, right? Interesting I don't know. that you it say that. It might be a thing. But it, it's so, like... There's part of me that would get jealous, and then it's just like, oh, how dare you? I get, I would like, the jealousy mad at you to make up sex ratio is mm. awesome, <laughs> which also also really sucks. I'm very, very like, I feel like I'm very chill and very like I've arrived at such a place where like, not a lot of anything gets me jealous. Like it actually. I used to be a very jealous person yeah, and um, just got put through the ringer of the, you know, the, the trials and errors of relationships. Mm-hmm. I think, and I, and I think at this point, like I really, it might be something innocuous that gets me jealous. I, there's things that just like, I, I'm very hopeful and proud to say like, that's not an element yeah. that I struggle with. I think, as 
just kind of circling back to polyamory, polyamorous yeah. relationships. Yeah. It's <laughs> like jealousy comes from an unmet need. So met need. An oh, okay. Well, need. see, there you go. I, so what do you? My needs are met. That's so what communicate. So so communication is like, okay, I'm I'm feeling jealous. What do what am I feeling like I don't have enough of? Do I need more time with this person? How can I communicate that? Or like hmm. maybe I feel like you're really breaking it down, aren't you? But I mean that it, it can be so simple. What yeah. like I think we're a lot of times afraid to ask for what we need, and first we have to know what we need. And we have to know ourselves enough to know what we need, which takes a lot of introspection. It really does. And I think that uh, people who can't be alone with themselves often struggle with uh, a multitude of insecurities where they cannot help but project it onto other people. And what they really need is to identify, like you said, like themselves and really know themselves and identify those things that kind of make them tick. And sometimes it's a really ugly stare in the mirror. You You know, sometimes it's waking up and going, it's a real ugly version of yourself and you go okay that we got to address that and people who are too scared to do that gonna have a hard time distractions it's people who just i mean it's which is easy to do because no one wants to fucking deal with that shit no i I, you don't want to have to look at your personal trauma family trauma the way your coping mechanisms how you've you know that it's traumatic yeah but then something that kind of helps him push me along with that yeah is shrooms like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no seriously like, 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 like a minute ago I was like this is why everyone needs fucking microdosing of mushrooms yes, right now yes um something that helps me push along with that is the the how finite life is yes it's like hey you know what all the shit already happened and it's still gonna be here and I have no idea what's gonna happen and here we go and better I'm in just control. try it better just do it I'm in control. You are the captain of your vessel. You're the captain of your vessel. It's beautiful. You can be a dick if you want to be a dick, and if that serves you well, good for you. Oh, man. Isn't it so but nice like, when you make a, a You don't personal, have to be that. Do, do you ever do something where you make a personal decision to actually, like, what's the, you do something with intent, and it's so empowering, <sighs> and it's so, that's the word I'm looking for. It's very true, validating. There you go. I think that intent and being intentional with everything is key. And that goes for relationships, that goes for life, that goes for your energy, how you're, what you're thinking about. Because it's so easy to get distracted, it's so easy to be focused on other things and be in this whirlwind. I'm, it's interesting that this is being brought up. I'm really trying this year to be more intentional about my friendships. And instead of just taking shit for granted, and being like, yeah, they're my friend. They don't need anything from me. It's like, no, you have to put money in the bank. You have to invest in the people that you care about. And you have to be intentional about being like, you, you're a good egg. I like you and I, I want to spend more time with you because you... You make me feel good about myself and I want to make you arrive at the best version of yourself. 100%. Because you did me the kindness of elevating my spirits and who knows if I ever get another one like you. I've had two friends pass away recently and it's very difficult to not have them around because they're both so unique and such a cool person. Both of them, you would love them. They're exactly the kind of people you like. Mm. They were not beige people. Which I love you beige people too, but, (laughs) but I I like the weirdos. I like the weirdos a lot better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
So, do you want to take a moment to talk about them? Did you feel like no. that would be cathartic or? No, I'd probably start crying right now. Okay. Yeah, felt felt very nice, and uh, I'm not a crier. Yeah. Lately, totally, absolutely have been. I think I, I did something to upset Kylie yesterday, and I was really disappointed. <coughs> Jesus, I'm not. That was all sour. <laughs> oh gummy no, right there. <laughs> we're, we're chowing down on some sour okay. burst, uh, sour gummies here. Oh, sorry. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, and I like did something, and it was like I was hungover, so I made like a error. Yeah. And I fucked up, and I felt really bad about it, and I almost I like started crying, and I was like, fuck, yeah. and I was like, when have I ever been so disappointed in myself? I started crying like that. You know, I t- I tightened that shit right up, especially because I, I I was in the bathroom. I looked in the mirror and I was like, "Is that what people look like when they're crying? That's disgusting. <laughs> the whole face is red. It looks like it I'm is stung. gross." So crying, I immediately was crying like, "Crying does not is not a good look." That's it's nope. interesting that you bring that up because I struggle with crying. Like to cry? I have a hard time crying. Yeah, I feel like I didn't cry um, maybe a single time throughout Kylie's ordeal with her dad passing away. Yeah. And then I did, yeah. The day after, like the night of his after his celebration of life, and it was. It's. It's something weird. that I. It's how I was dealing with it. Yeah, it's something I want to practice. Crying. Crying. Oh really? Yeah. I think I practiced not crying because I didn't want to be seen as weak or be. I saw people who were crying and being upset about things that. I felt that I was tough enough to withstand and I didn't understand how they could be so easily sidetracked by something like that and let their emotions get in the way. Hmm. And this all led to me being very interested in uh, meditations, the book on stoicism by Marcus Aurelius, his fucking journals and stuff. So that ended up helping. But to be stoic is also to realize that crying is a part of life too. And I think that as human beings, going back to like being alien weird alien creatures really that we're in this flesh suits like we're supposed to feel things like our bodies yeah my back's killing me right now (laughs) (laughs) you're you're like i definitely feel that and so i think i think putting a cap on a normal like release of emotion is something that i i haven't felt safe i haven't felt safe enough to cry I don't know if that makes sense. No, absolutely. It's so terrible because just like um, to it's very have vulnerable. passion is very vulnerable, like you said, you know? And so being able to be like, you know what? I am in a safe place. Like I'm allowed, my body is allowed to process whatever the emotion this is, whether it's grief, whether it's extreme happiness, whether it's whatever. Yeah. I think it also can be boiled down to when I've cried and felt vulnerable, I was being exploited in some way Yeah. to where I don't let that happen or don't want to let that happen because you're being manipulated that's exactly. bullshit something it hasn't been it was, safe yeah it hasn't been safe you're not happy or you've been injured or hurt and you're weak oh man it is not not good being a per- it's it's an interesting thing i hope so yeah yeah hmm? <laughs> it's my mom what a sweetheart. She has a Spanish accent. Yes. Yep. I guess when you live somewhere long enough, you get an accent. I used to speak in accents when I was younger. Yeah. Like a teenager. I used to just like have like, just add an accent to things. I remember one time I was like a, huh? I said, why not? 
Why not? Have fun. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing is like, I remember he, I'd uh, hear like other people like mockingly do like British accents mm. and I'm like, you suck. You're so annoying. What are you doing? But I'd also like just watch enough of something that I just would adopt the accent for the day or something. <sighs> Big fan. Big fan of that. Used to love that. Do you um, have an alternate personality that you bring out when you're like drunk or you're like, do you know what I'm talking about? What like, do you ask? Oh, like everyone has like, oh shit. Like here Joey comes B's Sheila. Here. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Um, I don't think so. No, I was wondering if you did if they had an accent. Oh, that'd be funny. It felt it felt like that was the the obvious leap from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I, I know where you're going with that. Hmm. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah. What do you like to do for fun? Oh goodness. I tend to keep myself on a hamster wheel of craziness. Uh, okay, well, let's see. Bring me around the rotation. When, I, when, I, when I'm when I'm making when I'm taking care of myself and and doing fun things, the things that I like to do for fun are backpacking. I love backpacking, hiking, really anything outside. I want to be outside all the time. Um, yeah, that's really awesome. I enjoy hanging with my diggity dog, fern, fern baby. Um, let's see. I hate this question because it's like you're like, oh I'm shit, like, I'm, I'm boring. fucking boring. <laughs> That's uh, not true. No one's boring. <laughs> Everyone, I think, I, I think people. That, here's the thing: you having fun doesn't have to sound fun to right? someone else. That's silly. You're missing the function of the question. I'm asking this you what you true. what you have fun doing, not what yeah. is gonna sound fun to everyone else. Because that's stupid. Yeah, I'm just trying to find out like what makes you tick. Absolutely. So just take it, take it like that. Um, I like making collages. That's cool. I really, that's something I've genuinely, genuinely do in like a very, uh, bare bones Spartan kind of way that I I remember I basically used to do when I worked at the um, hotel when I was Mm -hmm. an eye audit, I would put, I'd get a notebook like this and I'd take a page and I would make a collage of what I wanted to either draw, listen to, look up, research, identify, or, um, and it would just be a, essentially a word collage, which is not necessarily a note, note taking notebook, note page. It was a collage of what I needed or wanted to do. Now I kind of do that with a daily planner. I've had, I got this daily planner, uh, last year and it's been so awesome i'm obsessed with planners it's so weird i don't know how i've never really clicked with any until this one Mm -hmm. because i i love writing things with with not typing i love to write yeah like pen to paper paper, very important to me it's a very Mm -hmm. uh, good feeling and it helps me recall it and it's (sighs) i i I really liked it. it it helped it was like one way of coping with uh my ADHD, yeah, which mm-hmm. I was recently diagnosed with, which to no one's surprise. <laughs> Do you feel like that's a relief? It was, uh, it was a relief after the medication started working. Yeah, and then I found out once I so this just just happened recently. I just started medication for it, and then I ran out and rescheduled doctor's appointment. Couldn't get a refill. Couldn't get contact with him yeah. all the typical bullshit everyone goes with with yeah. the healthcare system and pharmacies and doctors and there's like a they're yeah. like the three branches of miscommunication it's horrible um 
And then I realized, oh shit, is this what I'm like without medication? How the fuck do you people stand me? This, ah! So I was like, it's just like, always. And I was like, oh my God. And I remember just talking the new guy's ear off. And I remember when he started, I feel like he was like, yeah, you're cool. And now he's like, Jesus fucking Christ, get him away from me. So it, it, once I found out, and then Kylie too, she's like, oh yeah, you can tell. Cause when I asked her, I, when I started the medication, I asked her, I was like, please let me know. Let me know if there's something you notice that's like subtle that maybe I'm not noticing because I want to index this and I want to find out. Yeah, let's be scientific about it. Yeah, yeah, I really love that. That shit makes me horny. And it just like breaking things down like that really, really like being a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. So, like, I love to have like the the investigation aspect to it's cool to be able to do that with ourselves too. That's exactly what I mean. So, uh, she didn't really have many things she had, you know, kind of yeah. notated on. And then well, I didn't have it. And then she was like, and I had the realization too of like, this is what we need to notice <laughs> what I'm like normally, holy shit, normally like off meds or whatever. Right. And now I, now I'm back on them. It's, this is day two back on them. And I already feel, it just, it's just, it's so nice. It's like buttoned up. Yeah. It feels great. I feel like I can articulate in an intellectual, intelligent way. And I remember words that I feel like I had long forgotten that I always struggled to actually fucking use. And I love having a wide lexicon. So uh, I found out that essentially, I looked at this um, like graphic representation mm-hmm. in a video of what's going on when you have ADHD. And it was essentially like uh, a synapse like going and it's supposed to connect like this. Mm-hmm. And it's not, It's instead it's going interesting sometimes yeah there, sometimes not and it essentially made it go it, yeah it's connecting and all the synapses like, oh so it it truly to answer your question was like such a relief to find out the medication worked yeah I could have fucking told you I had ADHD 10 years ago. It has nothing to do with how... It, it was also just like, I was telling doctor, I was like, I'm fucking 26. I don't have anything to show for it. And it's really frustrating because I think mm-hmm. I could have and no, I should have. And, and I, my brother was, you know, uh, diagnosed with this. And my mom's like, he's just a kid. He doesn't need medication. And then I was, and everyone knew I was fucking crazy. And then I didn't med- need medication. And mm-hmm. I was also like, yeah, I don't want any medication. I have friends that are on medication. They're fucking ghosts of who they actually are. Right Now that I'm an adult and I can kind of like make the informed decision and have like a mature um, in, uh, relationship with it interface it is quite nicely. Yeah. I totally get that. Thank you for listening. Yeah. It's, it's so, um, it's so empowering to be able to take control of that because I know for myself, I would definitely say I'm on that spectrum. I've never been diagnosed. Um, but I've done a lot of research and I've done a lot of looking into it and um it's I it's crazy I I think that that was a huge part of me not working out in the office setting because how your attention works and motivation and your brain operates differently like your brain it's, it's helped different. me it's helped me at work too yeah it's, that's been a huge help and so good for you thank you yeah it's huge I think I definitely, I definitely feel that. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I want to stretch out in this sun right now. Yeah. Yeah. Crack my back. Go for it. I'm going to. 
like this is the place to do it. Definitely the person with the vibes yeah. of uh, <laughs> accepting that. Well, go for the uh, that bench too is always a good spot to okay. lay out on. Uh, there we go. Oh, you can hear Did you it. get it? Yeah, I was going. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, oh, God. I herniated a disc. Oh, shit. Uh, four years ago. Oh, God. So it's been a cut and a half every once in a while. Oh, no. And do you actually, notice that when it, like, when it happens or, like, what? Yeah, it fucking hurts. What do you mean? Do I notice when it happens? <laughs> but, I like, do. is there a certain thing that it's, like, if I do this movement, it, it triggers it? Or no, it's, like, it's just random? Sometimes it's just me being a, oh, wild asshole. Yeah. Oh, this feels good. So I have a couple, like, go-to stretches. And it just, it work. Thankfully, one of them is uh, reminiscent of a jiu-jitsu technique, so I, I feel cool doing it, yeah. it's like, I'm going to strangle someone with this one. Yeah, you're all, <laughs> all right. uh, feels good. I'm trip. I actually want to move out in the sun now. I love yeah. being in the sun. Just switch sides here. Well, I was thinking more about your question about what I like to do for fun. Yeah, let's do it. Talk to me. And um, the other thing I do, I'm between bikes right now, but I like riding motorcycles. What? Um, you fucking like riding motorcycles? I, I like thought you just had a motorcycle, motorcycle in here just because like, you just, collect just random for shit. Just funsies. No, I'm dead serious. I'm not, really? even, I'm not even teasing you. I genuinely was like, oh, no. you're just like, oh, cool. It's a cool no, no, paperweight no. back the, here. The goal is to get this thing running. I'm going to have to rebuild it. Um, I just got the manual for it, so I'm going to start Who tinkering. taught you how to be cool? Because, like, <laughs> I had teachers. Like, people taught me how to be cool. They were mostly, like, what what I found cool in certain ways. Who was, like, your mentor in that? I mean, you, you have some inspirations? Everybody, everybody around you, right? You take little, like we were talking about earlier, you're like a conglomerate of all these people that, are, that you, you surround yourself with. Do you have heroes? Do you have idols? Do you have, like, pillars uh, around Mount Rushmore? Um... Yeah, okay, so my cousin Shane Here, is like... Hat, do you want to put this hat on? Let's put, see. Get, put I've got one. Yeah. Um, I wasn't trying I'm to get, make you all fucking <laughs> all. shitty with this. <laughs> um, my cousin Shane is just a super dope dude. Is he? Does he live around here? He's in uh, Grass Valley. That's not around here, got no, it. No, he's up by, by Sacramento, kind of. Um, he's someone who's California. just been very unapologetically himself. Yes. And just such an inspiration of of being like you can be into whatever you like and do whatever you like and um just really do you, encouraging do you feel like an eye on you when you go places like you're like oh i'm the cool one like no, do you feel no. like like a modicum of difference of like you kind of stand out a little more um you know no not maybe a little bit it depends i guess would you feel that way? Yeah, I'm very self-aware of yeah. that, uh, especially when I was younger. Like, if I was like going to like a parent's friend's house and like there was like some kids there, some people there, like there was definitely like a different kind of cloud over me than them, so to mm. speak. I would say definitely as kids, that that was definitely our family culture was like, which is pretty toxic in my opinion, of like being at the black. Everyone's a black sheep. We were like the best. We had to be the best at everything. We were like that's toxic to people who are pussies and suck at everything. Okay, <laughs> but like you, you're you're looking at it the wrong way, in my opinion, because mm. you can't change it, you can't erase it, and it's not going anywhere. You might as yeah, well you facilitate true. like the the most positive way about it. So do that. Yeah. Don't look at it toxically. 
I've also said that. You have a lot of really uh, interesting tattoos. I kind of want to talk about those. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Um, I'm always I like collecting. the tooth one. I love a tooth one. I'd, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm so mad. I literally wanted this. Hold on. Let me let me show you. I have a list of tattoos that I wanted, and I got to tell you, I think oh, one just right like now. that is um, right around the corner of my notes here. That's so funny. funny. That candle is amazing. I love that, like style i like to draw things is that a tampon candle <laughs> no okay. this is a you're, you're, all, you're never gonna look at it again uh, nope, the same no no, oh, no it was shit. a candle it was burning on both ends and i i asked for one. it to be have one side extinguished as a reminder not to burn yourself out don't burn it you know be intentional with your you know time and i don't energy. look at my calf when i think about burning myself out though no. is that really come in handy <laughs> it really does you know that's good i, come back, I look back at it and think, oh. Nope. The tooth is from Babes Ride Out, which is an all-women's motorcycle camp out. My sister and I go every That's year. That's super cool. What's the uh, the number on the tooth? What's that, five? Number five. It was the fifth one that they had that year. Oh, very cool. Or oh, that, that that's fifth so one that they cool. Did. I'm so, so whenever envious we go, of things like that. Yeah, whenever we go, I try to get a tattoo there. Is that Love Potion number nine next to it? That is exactly what that is. Nice. I don't know what Love Potion number nine is, but I know what that it's is. a great song. Great song. Who's that mm-hmm. by? I have no idea. Okay. Is it by a, a nice lady? No, it's a dude. Or something? Oh, then I have no he idea. Talks about the gypsy with the gold cap tooth. Gypsy with okay. I know, <laughs> why do I know that? Uh, whipped it up in her sink. She she made him a a love potion number nine. He went and he kissed a cop. He got okay. busted. Okay. And the okay. cop said, "No more love potion number nine for you, motherfucker." Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to research classic, this one. Classic. Okay. okay. Look, toy vampire teeth right there, right next to the Dracula yep. emoji. Uh, very Just cool. like that. I wanted those on. Yep. Mm-hmm. So mad. Guess I'm gonna can't do those. So I uh, instead of getting tattoos, I just write the tattoo idea down. There you go. And wait until I don't want it anymore, yeah. and then just backspace that, it, just, it and don't get a tattoo. I just made an appointment yesterday. Where you go? Um, fortified tat, fortified tattoo. Uh, the Jameson, uh, Jameson staggered and Chase. And Chase. Yeah, I don't and know Chase. Sarandon. Sarandon Rose. I should have her on. She just started following me on Instagram. She's badass. I totally... Uh, She's a very cool human. Didn't like her for a stupid reason. Oh. Back when she worked at Lost Kings, there was this piercer there. Oh, this is a jealousy story. Okay. <laughs> um, my, my girlfriend and her friend went and got their belly buttons pierced like real uh, spontaneously one day. Yeah. And everyone had a crush on the Sam? piercer there. Sam? Probably. Probably. I don't know. The piercer guy, he's from like, he's like from South Carolina, North Carolina, had his real like sexy accent Hmm, and he was just like, you know, just a fucking piercer and was like casual, cool guy. And I was like, felt very threatened because everyone liked that. And I don't know what, if he was messaging her or she messaged him or tagged him or talked to him or something, but I had mentioned something about it and I was just very jealous and I was ranting about it and I was in Lost Kings one day randomly and she was working there behind the counter and I just brought it up to her because I was like oh yeah he's you know Mr. fucking flirts with my girlfriend in Mm -hmm. front of me type of thing and me being so arrogant not even thinking like she works with him. She's going to go tell him about some <laughs> right. douchebag that just walked in and told her. I was like, she's not going to like take my side on this. Right, like, right. So he ended up messaging me oh, shit. and confronting me about it. God, and I was like, small. I literally was just like, dude, I seriously, I'm so sorry. Like, that was literally just my own fault. Like, I'm just, my ego got in the way. Like, it literally has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Um, 
Or he's actually guilty and fuck him. But for that <laughs> reason, all. I was like, who the fuck could? And I was like, the only person who could have said something was that Sarandon girl. So I was like, fuck her. So <laughs> I just never, like, she's uh, always been a friend in social circles. Yeah. And then I was just like, no, I, nope, I, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be your friend for whatever reason. And then I so finally funny. just got over it. Because I was like, that was so long ago. I don't even give a shit. Now yeah. I'm probably like, hell yeah, do you flirt with a piercer? Am I going to get a free nipple piercing out of this? Like, what's the, you know, totally different. Uh, mindset about it. Yeah. Now, so. No, Sarandon's a gem. I'm a I'm a big yeah. fan. Another yeah. golden. I'd golden love to have human. her on the podcast. I was gonna ask her recently, and then someone else too. Oh, uh, Haley Kennedy. She tattoos yeah. and solving. Yeah, she did. Um, I have a lobster smoking a joint uh, tattoo on my leg. That's really cool. Do you have a picture of it? Uh, I don't. You show it to me later. Honestly. And then, uh, so she did that one, and then she also did a dagger that I have on the side of my tent. Very cool. too. I want to say I asked Jameson to be on a podcast or mention something about it, like pre-pandemic, long ass time ago. This is this is one of those collages that I <laughs> I do like. That's really cool. I like that. I like the. Um, so not my tattoo fish but. going against the grain. Yeah. But no, I'm here for all the tattoos. So this tattoo idea that I made an appointment for is I'm getting a giant mountain lion tattooed across my whole stomach. That's fucking badass. <laughs> I'm really excited Dude, about it. are so cool. I'm, I'm really so stoked. fucking like stoked on people who get stomach tattoos. And everyone's like, jealous. well, if you ever get pregnant, it's going to get destroyed. And I'm like, well, that's not all bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so it goes. It's fine. So it goes. I know. I love people who are just like, my body's gonna I don't want to look at your destroyed tattoo My later. It's gonna like be weird and wrinkly. You're probably not even and... gonna see. You're probably not even gonna see it. That's how it goes. Like, have you seen pussies? They're weird. Everything. Like, it's on. all weird. Yeah, Bodies weird. are weird. Bodies are very weird. I enjoy them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I think I definitely. I've seen people just overdo it on tattoos too early, and I'm like, you yeah. idiot. You're gonna be 30, and you're gonna go. Oh, I wish I had a single space to get tattooed. Do you, Fucking idiot. Do you have any tattoos that you regret? Mm. Or do you, are you, do you? No, I, I, I like, I, I don't mind them all. I like the ones I just, no, I'm showing you none. I'm yeah. a blank arm right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I regret more of like, I think the biggest regret I have for here is I thought I was going to get so tattooed mm-hmm. that I put a tattoo too close to another one too uh-huh. early. Cause uh-huh. I was like, I want to save the rest of this for yeah, something else. Save the canvas. So now it looks in like it's in context and it doesn't make sense. It's so close to another one. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't make sense. It's the number 138 next mm-hmm. to my ACDC tattoo. Yep. And it, it was done by a friend, which I liked and did yeah. it super quick. It was really nice. And I think I like gave him like a pair of jeans for it or yeah. something. And it shouldn't be there. It's a misfit song next to an ACDC tattoo. Doesn't fucking make any sense. And I hate it. And that's oh. <laughs> the biggest goddamn gripe I have with all my tattoos mm. is I wish that one was gone. And then I wish this one was somewhere else. Mm. It's because it's like, that's cool. And I like that, but uh, I wish it was gone. I almost thought about getting it covered up too. Really? I, I got it when me and Kylie were like broken up for a spell. And it was like this girl I was seeing like paid for it. Uh-huh. And she said she was going to get a tattoo and didn't. Oh. And then I was already getting one. Yeah. And she's like, well, um, actually, uh, since I said where I was going to pay for uh, the tattoos, can you pay me back? And we were both drunk. And yeah. I was like, yeah, totally. I never did because we ended up <laughs> fucking not, you know, being what together. It? it just says it's bitter in a coffin. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. It's very interesting. Not really. Well, the things that we, the things we adorn ourselves with that we choose 
to have on our bodies forever. And the, the mental states that we're in when we make these choices are interesting. Yeah, that's why I don't want to get a tattoo is because like, I don't want to look back and be like, God, what a moron. <laughs> but you know what? Some of those tattoos you, I feel like so are my cool, favorite. Like, seriously, like, you have such a great collection of tattoos. Like, I oh, am well, not mad at yours whatsoever. Do I have any? Oh, well, this is a ta- this is a matching tattoo that I have with my ex. So that one That's is... cool, though, because yeah. it doesn't even look like no, it is know. contextual in no, a you wouldn't know that. partnership. So it was funny when we broke up. He's all, I'm not going to get it covered up. I'm like, good for you. Yeah, it's Make a cool, cool thing. Why Whatever not? you got to do. That one's cool. I like that. Is it a bee? It is. It's a carpenter bee. Carpenter bee. A lot of people think it's a fly. It kind of looks like a fly. Is it because the, the, there's not like a discoloration for the, the abdomen where the lines and a bee go? You know, I've tried to figure it out. It does I look like a fly. It looks like a fly from here. I, I'm, right? I'm, looks, I'm on board with him. It looks like a fly It from looks here. more like a fly. I drew a fly on Kylie yesterday. It looked exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're a damn good artist then. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think it's... I'm not sure. It maybe needed another set of wings. It's a weird bee. The carpenter bee is kind of cool. a weird Maybe bee. throw some color in there. It'll be all right. Oh, no color for me. You don't want any color? No color. Good for you. I, I'm consistent. Uh, I don't mind Do color. Do you only have the red? Uh, there used to be some yellow in the ACDC in the lightning bolt. And I think there was actually... Yeah, no, just... That, that's crazy. That used to literally be a yellow lightning bolt. Really? It's a fucking 10-year-old tattoo now. You can't tell at all. I know. Isn't that crazy? Like it, I remember I, like a couple years no ago idea. I was like, oh, yeah, you could tell. Now no, it's like no there idea. was never yellow there. Blows my mind. Very uh, interesting. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about color. Color's fine. Yeah. I mean, I do appreciate the no color vibe. Kylie really wanted to stick to a no color. Mm. And then she got a color tattoo. She hates it. Oh, no. Yeah, she wants it gone. She wants it removed so bad. Oh, and it's like a it. big, like, oh, hard damn. one to get, like, many sessions of removal. So it was, it, and it was a cover-up. And she wants to get the cover-up removed, too. Removed. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. That's too bad. Poor girl. I, I hope that uh, I can, maybe that's what I'll do. Like, get her, like, a appointment for removal. There you like, go. pay for a That'd session a very intentional and kind gift. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I know she'll probably not listen to this by the time our our anniversary is next Monday. So close to Valentine's Day. I have to give this chick gifts two days a <laughs> month. Uh, fucking. <sighs> I'm obsessed with Valentine's Day. I think it's the f- most fun. I, I really like that Valentine's Day movie. The like ensemble cast one. Oh yeah, you don't watch a lot of movies because you're no. like homeschooled. This is, well, this that, is actually, did I, did I ask you the question about the aliens in movies? Yeah, if Aliens came to Earth, what movies did you show me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember. I was like, there's a lot of white people movies on here. There were a lot of white there was an, people. I was like, mm, you guys need some culture here. You guys, there's some this really good true. movies. You guys, Juice wasn't on there. Hmm. And it was kind of silly. Yeah, I guess if anyone has any movies. So the question is, if Aliens came down to Earth tomorrow, what movies would you show them to teach them about the human experience? I'd, so li- I'd be interested. I'd, I'd be interested you- to see what people would say. I'd show. I'd, I'd show them under the skin. Under the skin. It's a movie about an alien who comes to Earth and ends up getting fucking killed by oh, humans. You don't want to show them that movie. I do. I go watch it, bitch. <laughs> this is what happens <laughs> if you fuck with. If you go around you killing yourself. people, they're gonna fucking kill you back. Don't do mm. that. That's what I'd show them. Yeah, you do straight to intimidation strat like tactics. No, just more just setting the tone. Uh, you know, like yeah. like wishing someone a, a safe New Year when you hate them. Oh. <laughs> like I, you be safe out there this be year. Safe. Just something that's like hmm. laconic enough to scare them. The movie that I put on that I put on there was um, the Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Okay, I've never heard that. It's a fantastic movie about a guy who has a stroke, and it's just a very deep, interesting movie. Um, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. 
Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's very indicative of like human experience and relationships and yeah it is it, it, to me when i first read that i was like this is a silly list but then i remembered how much i really enjoyed that movie and how much people actually enjoy that movie and it is not it's one of those things that may be cliche but cliches are correct often yes. and that's what i can appreciate about that so many interesting if you were to have a two-hour time slot to make any movie or tell any story what would your what would be the story that you would tell that's a really great question wait talk real quick Ta-da. okay i'll make sure your mic's picking up um two hour time slot yeah Telling you've got a two hour time slot to tell any story Ooh. that is going to be watched by people what what is it that you're trying to convey um hmm i have to probably have a lot of dead air on this mic to think about that i don't know if i could come up with an answer that's huh. happily your glasses make a shadow that looks like boobies and nipples on it right now. <laughs> Let me take a picture to show you what I mean. It's fucking hilarious. Hmm. Look down slightly. There we go. Okay. Let me show you. Let me show you. This is this is this is ADD uh, <laughs> piercing through the medication walls here. So if you look at the shadow on your eyes, it looks like tits. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it did, it did perfectly. You're when like, I saw it. yes, that's so funny. Yeah, I don't know if that means I'm thirsty or what. I have no Maybe. idea. Maybe I have water that's here. Like oh, two it. hours. Um, probably. Um, I'd probably show the tell a story about a person who lives and needs to conclude how to get away with a make the perfect murder mm. and show the human side of the person yeah. and how careful they are to choose the correct person like, you know i love that show dexter One oh i love dexter favorite, favorite favorite shows ever I, I was i watch it every night you know re, re mm-hmm. run through it again and he kills people and he chooses them and it's very like accepted and that's the formula of the show and a TV show they only have a little bit but people like him aren't real people like you and I are real like if you had to go through your whole life through partnership through polyamory through living in Sacramento and here and you know and being inspired by your cousin but this whole time you were trying to figure out how to plan the perfect murder for someone who actually deserves it like a big child rapist or a serial killer or someone who gotten away with something because of some faulty evidence or anything like that and i'd want to watch the story of it working out or not working out but essentially just what someone would have to go through like secretly having to plan this fucking murder yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it would be it would be very interesting. Yeah, because also people get away with murder, not planning it whatsoever, and they just do drive-bys and get shot, and they don't ever ca- no one ever catches them. Yeah. It, it's totally innocuous sometimes. Um, also, side note, shell casings go fucking everywhere. Hmm. I, was sh- I was shooting on Friday, and like yeah. I, I, w- I went to go pick some of them up, and I was like, I don't know where the goddamn hell these things went. They're just <laughs> gone. Wonder, they're fucking flying all over the place. Yeah, huh. I mean they're not all of them gone. There's definitely a bunch on the ground, but I, I wanted to you know collect some because it's the first time i went shooting a long time and i shot a couple. so you're saying chloroform is the way to go maybe <laughs> i don't know how would you how would you kill someone if i were to kill somebody yeah what would be the method 
I'm all trying to think, how do I make this sound like I haven't thought about this extensively? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if I think only normal people have thought about this. If people haven't thought about this, mm. I don't trust them. This looks like a cool tattoo right here. Yeah, that's um, that was after a shrooms trip. Wow. Up in Big Sur. Oh shit! Look at that. And a bunch of snakes. Was that a hair with a bunch of yeah, snakes? Yeah, it's like a that's rabbit. That's crazy. With a couple two black snakes. That's cool. Um, yeah, that was that was a fun shrooms trip. We were my sibling. It was my two of my siblings and I in Big Sur, on the beach, just on shrooms that sounds like it a lot was of fun awesome um i haven't had a full shrooms trip i've only microdosed but i've done a lot of acid yeah i've never done acid i've only i think it scares me a little bit yeah it should yeah i feel like shrooms is like the mexican coke that has the real sugar and then acid's like the regular coke with the high fructose corn syrup in it <laughs> yeah, i think a that's little... a great way to put it hmm. but okay so if i was to kill somebody they say women do more poisoning and they that, do. That, I, I definitely true. feel like that would be the easiest way. But I always, so when I first moved here, I was going on a ton of dates and I always take people on hikes because I, I want to be able to see it, like, how do you handle yourself outside? Yeah. You're going to be a you know, sweaty, bitchy mess yeah, the whole do time. Do you know what to, do you know what clothes you need to wear? Are you prepared? Do you, are you, are just you physically gonna try to fit? dress hot for our date hiking? <laughs> you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> but so I was taking people on hikes a lot and I love going on night hikes and I You had, already sound like a serial killer. Are you <laughs> shitting me? I, I love had, going on night I hikes because those bodies are gone and now I'm Zazam. I have had a lot of people be like, are you going to kill me out here? And I'm like, no. So that would probably if be... If I was taking someone on a night hike, I would either be murdering them or fucking them. This is like a first date and I'm like, let's them. go. Even first date. Like if we're going on a hike at night someone's dick's getting sucked he's shitting oh, me oh no <laughs> I'm such a prude That's sometimes wild. there's <laughs> nothing wrong with being a prude I think it is highly underrated being a prude yeah yeah well, I, I really like... I really wish there was a pill I could take that could like just put all like sexualisms just on hold and just not have that be a part of my uh like motivation in life. My thing is like though you like suck someone's dick and then you realize that you don't like them as a person. Which is weird because so, like, I've I have never, to get to I've know never, I have to get I never to know you the, first. The, the like way my cum taste was gonna dictate that. <laughs> no, but like <laughs> You know what I mean? But seriously, like you have sex with somebody and then they're like and then there's like a precedent that's set that like, okay, now we're, we're gonna have more that's sex. So weird. That's and so it's like, true. But I don't actually oh, wanna spend weird. any time with you or respect you as a human being and I definitely don't want to have sexual intercourse with you. That's true. And it just I makes totally it weird. It. So so I feel like there's a lot for me at least it kind of is a little bit of a buzzkill because I'm like, I have to really decide that you're you're someone that I want to spend time with. Yeah. Yeah. How many times is, have you just had like a like a hookup or foreplay and you're like, I think I think it should stop now here. This, is, this, is, this was more than enough. I've done, we've gone too far. And then it happens again. You go, ah, I should have stuck my guns oh, on that first should've, one. Should have cut this person, off a long like, time God ago. damn it. No, that, yeah, that, yeah. I've had a few. <laughs> I'm really practicing setting boundaries. This is a new thing boundaries in my life. Boundaries are the best. They're the I, best. I listened to this terrific podcast with Anthony, uh, Anthony Schultz mm -hmm. and Whitney Cummings and they spoke about boundaries yeah. and like even in relationships and how it's magic how magic it is that's right and it um one of them was like 
teeing in front of each other. It's mm-hmm. like, stop doing that. Like, close the door. Like, have boundaries. Have things that yeah. make you sexy and mysterious to the person. And boundaries are one of those things where some people go, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you can be very comfortable and very, like, open and loose with people. And then when you set a boundary, it's like, oh, I have uh, um, uh, to respect that layer of you. Yeah. Or you disrespect the boundary and then it's like, hey, asshole, now we got something. Right. So I think Well, I think true. that boundaries are how to best love yourself and best have show other people how they can respect you, love and how respect you, you respect you too. Yeah. It's really important. I think boundaries are important to, uh, with the amount of shit you're willing to take. Yeah. I feel like to, to me, I need to start setting more boundaries in terms of how like my coworker talks to me mm. that I don't get along with. And I, I did try Good to, for I, you. I, I, you know, I confronted him about it and I said, Hey man, what's going on? Yeah. And I think I think it was really like it was a boundary I set by doing that unintentionally, yeah. but it happened. And yeah. I think it was I'm glad it happened. I'm trying to do that more at the bar. I a lot of times let things people will say shit to me that makes me very uncomfortable. I've seen it happen and I and <sighs> I'm you, no offense, but you look like the person that that's going to say something. <laughs> like, I like like hey dude, watch it. And like, I'm, how about we stop there, bud? Yeah. Like actually, um that makes yeah. me really uncomfortable. And I have I think I've just been like, well, that's the job you put up with it. Like, oh, and that's how I was too at my job. Where it's like, I'm done. I'm over I, it. Where I was like, oh, I'm, I, you're just, you just got to be a man. You just got to suck, suck it up. Stop being a little bitch. Roll, no high school know, drama like, bullshit. But it's like, wait, I'm not in high school. Right. And this is drama happening. And this is bothering me. I'm going to yeah. be 30 in a few years. This is not okay. Yeah. And it's just, I think that it's um, well a way to respect yourself. That's right. That's exactly right. And it takes practice. It's like self-efficacy, which is the the belief that you can do something. Yeah. The more that you you're respect capable. yourself, the more that you're you're giving yourself the space to be like, you know what? No. Allowing that to just roll off my back is is a self betrayal. Yeah. And like, I can stick up for myself, and I can, I can say, don't you know that doesn't. No. Fuck off. It's so empowering too. I think it's great Boundaries. for your confidence. It's the best thing. Boundaries. I think it's really, really important for people's confidence. Because you have boundaries. When you have boundaries, you have discipline because you have to stick to the boundaries and someone right. else does. So you make a responsible person out of you and someone else. And then that way you can almost uh, connect or convey to someone else that you respect yourself and they should respect that too. Right. Like it's a, it's a nice little communication tactic. Well, you, you teach people how they can treat you. You, yeah, you show, you can, you either tolerate or can be intolerant of how they treat you and how they respect you. And I think that you should not value yourself on how other people treat you. They should value you on how you treat you. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, I think. I I didn't just shit, shit a fart and fart a turd. What was it? Okay. (laughs) No, but it's true. And like, you're the only one that can do that. Again, it's like that self-regulation, that self, um, you have to be the one to to decide what is okay with you and what's not okay with you, and it's going to be dependent on your yourself. Is there anything better than just like shattering someone's expectations because of what you're not willing to tolerate? Oh, it's interesting that you put it that way. Well, I think people have expectations of a lot of people. Uh, we all do. We judge people, and we have our knee jerk reactions and expectations of this person or that person, mm-hmm. and then they do something that commands your respect because it didn't meet your requirements or your expectations. Hmm. So you go, okay, okay, this is someone I have to, um, be, be different with. Yeah. It's good. That makes sense. It's important. Yeah. I like that. I think 
for me at the bar, I'm realizing that I, I'm getting practiced. I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm given an opportunity to radically practice boundary setting. Yes. I love that. I think about uh, the barriers you have to hurdle in life as Mm -hmm. the universe giving you practice and testing you and pop quizzes on how you're going to organize a good life and good person. Things were kind of coasting at the bar for a while and then shit started getting like the last week or so. Shit, just a bunch of random weird ass shit started happening. And I was like, this is it. I'm being like, I'm being tested. Like it's testing me to see like. This okay. is where your fortitude comes yeah. in. Yeah, are you gonna are you gonna let it roll off your back? Or are you gonna pretend like you don't care? Or yeah. are you gonna say something? It's like, no, I'm gonna say something. Mm-hmm. It's such a trip. Yeah, and it is. Has that been? I hope that doesn't mean like with staff people. No, 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 okay. no, no, Okay, no. okay. I was like, oh no, oh no, is there trouble in paradise? No, 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 no. No, we're, we're just talking so, about how good it is there. <laughs> yeah, no, we're such a solid crew. Very and nice. No, not at all. Very cool. Yep, such a trip boundaries <laughs> it's very good i like boundaries it's important it is <sighs> well my friend at, well, well what go ahead i was thinking i might have to bounce that's cool let's wrap super it up bowl. this has been a yes yeah, it's it's super bowl, bowl so i gotta go let's head over to it, the bar sister. all right yep. let's wrap it up sarah this has been an absolute joy uh love to have you again yes. on anytime and i'll see you at the bar yes sounds right. good Bye, thank sweetie. you